Brian Noonan is playing on the radio, baby. I want to thank Brian Noonan for going on. Holy s***! Brian's back! Happy New Year, Brian Noonan on 720 WGN. Glad you're with us. Big show planned. A lot of pot talk, that's right. But we've got a lot of other things to cover, and it is always more fun when you are involved. 312-981-7200. That's the number. When you call in, you'll be talking to Scott. He is executive producing the big broadcast today. If you're nice to me, you get to him. That's how it works. And if you would uh, like to follow us on social media, it's Brian Noonan Show on Facebook and Twitter. So do that. Hopefully everyone is uh, recovering from their big New Year's Eve and enjoying the start of a new year and a new decade. Uh, Kim is here. Very nice to see you, Kim. You too, Brian. It's been a while. It has been a while. And now that uh, the football game is over, we get to start yakking. Did you have a nice New Year's Eve? Did you do anything exciting? Um, actually, the only really cool, exciting thing I did was, you know, I live right across the river yes. here now, and so I was had a spectacular view of the fireworks along the river and on the at Navy Pier, so that was really cool for me since it was my first time. Now, I only saw the river fireworks on TV, but they looked spectacular even there. It was really there. beautiful. I hope they keep that tradition up. I, that looks... That looked like a lot of fun. Now, since you have a good perch overlooking, where were people lined up like they used to line up before? Uh, were there were there people out? It didn't look like there it was anywhere like, to stand. It looked like a lot of people were at Navy Pier. I don't know about the Riverwalk. We actually walked back from dinner last night about yeah. 9.30, quarter to 10, and there were people milling around and walking around, but it wasn't anything crazy. Huh. All right. Everybody was over at Navy seems, Pier. Yeah, it seems like everybody was behaving themselves and now speaking of behaving yourself there's a guy wearing a hat in the sports room the newly married mark carmen i haven't seen him since his nuptials happy new year carm happy congratulations new year. on your wedding thank you brian happy new year to you sir uh, thank you now is uh, your first your first new year's eve as a married man uh, did you tear it up did you just lay low like a lot of married people what did you do uh, i did everything that i wanted to accomplish brian <laughs> i know you were here for a while I, w- I was here in the afternoon then we went uh over to the langham hotel which is where we had the wedding, a little drink to uh, remind us of the fact that we just got married. Did you need a reminder? You forgot already? We wanted to get emotional. You okay, know, walk sure. in the lobby just, and, and, <laughs> and, and 2019 with a tear of joy. All right. And then we went and had some dinner, and my goal was to be in bed uh, before the actual midnight hour, which I was, and I got to enjoy flipping through the old dial, got myself a smooch right at midnight and was asleep at 12.01. Perfect. That sounds, yeah, that sounds lovely. Uh, now, the youngest, the youngest and probably the guy, but he was here last night, too. Scott was uh, Scott was here. Happy New Year, Scott. This is our first time working together. I know, uh, I know you got indoctrinated into the solo producing last night with Carmen. I hope he was uh, a gentle host because sometimes, you know, the hosts come in a little rough and it's, uh, it's painful the first time. Yeah, no, he was great. Uh, we had a lot of fun up until 7.30, and uh, after that, hopped on the 8.40 train back home, <laughs> uh, picked up my pup from a, my friend's house, and uh, got home at 11.55, and rang in the new year with my pup, and then, like, Carmen was asleep by 12.01. This is the this is the most sedate group of New Year's Eve revelers ever. Uh, I was in Milwaukee yesterday. I got home, uh, did what we've done the last few years. My wife and I ordered sushi. I went and picked it up, came home, uh, we started watching a movie, she was asleep within 10 minutes, and uh, I woke her up about 5 minutes to 12 to so we could go, 
go to bed and ring in the new year. And uh, yeah, so very exciting at the Noonan house too. The dogs were sound asleep. Not a creature was stirring. It was almost like it was Christmas Eve again. How was the sushi? Sushi was fantastic. <laughs> Good. Always. Uh, that's so that that's the thing. That's the thing now because we listen, Carm. You're a young man. You still go out. Kim goes out. She lives in walking distance of a lot of lovely restaurants. I don't want to go out anymore. I spent every New Year's Eve of my adult life up until a few years ago uh, working on New Year's Eve at clubs and stuff. So I was what people did for New Year's Eve. Once I stopped doing that, the the joy of going out was far outweighed by the hassle of going out. And thankfully, my lovely wife feels the same way. She's like, no, it doesn't make any sense. Why don't we just, you know, sometimes we'll have people over. Uh, back when our daughter was in high school, she would have friends over. Uh, and we'd have some people over, but it's it's so much easier to just you know we get the we get the sushi, we watch some movies. That's it. I had a couple of drinks. That was fine. I'm with you. Overpriced, too much hassle, right. all and of it. And the expectation, the pressure that you have to have a good time. I spent 150 dollars on this ticket. I better have a great time. No, you're jammed in a ballroom with 5,000 other yahoos. I'd rather stay home and watch the local coverage on television, which was oh man. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. I want to get your thoughts on uh, now. Channel two opted out of the whole uh, New Year's Eve falderall, but Channel five had a special. Seven had their legendary special, and Channel nine WGN had one. And I'm wondering which one you watched. Were you like me? Did you flip around? And what are your thoughts? Because I think it's almost time for Chicago to say, you know what? We could. We don't have to have these uh, big countdown specials anymore because they're hard. They're hard to produce. And really, they're kind of they're kind of goofy. I'll start. Did you watch any of them, Carm? What you got when you climbed into bed and you were flipping around, or was there some sports uh, endeavor on that you needed to see? Full transparency, Brian. I'm in the cab going home, and people are texting me to put on Channel Seven and check out what Mark Gian Greco was doing. <laughs> Gian Greco. All right, we'll start with Channel Seven because that's the one that gets the most press every year. They were at a, um, a drag show theater. I think it's on South State Street, Lips. And it looked, I tell you what, it, I want to go there now, not on New Year's Eve, but I want to go see a show because the venue looked phenomenal and the entertainers looked great. Uh, I'm not going to add Mark Gian Greco to that list for uh, looking great in drag. Now, you know, he doesn't, that's not his stock in trade, uh, but he's, he and Janet, I think they're getting tired of this. They're buying into all the hype. They took away the fun uh, last night because now they created... Part of the fun of watching them was the online kind of black market uh, Channel 7 New Year's Eve bingo card that people would play on Twitter and things. You know, when they were going to kiss, who was going to get drunk, who was going to talk about uh, whatever. Well, then they co-opted it in an effort to kind of say, hey, we're in on the joke. We don't want you in on the joke. You are the joke. We, you, can, you can't be part of it. You need to, you need to stay distant, stay above it. But they didn't. They got down and they wallowed in it, and it was just, um, uh, it's uncomfortable to watch. I appreciate the effort. I put it on. I flipped around. The whole drinking on television thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a prude here, Brian. I, you know. <laughs> I like I like a nice professional scene. People get, you, you like a both polished like, broadcast. D- Is that what you're looking for, like Carm? Don Lemon getting hammered on CNN. Like no. I don't want to see that. This is no, a, nobody com- wants to see it. And the the thing is, the crowds are 
uproarious enough. You don't need to add to that. You need to be commenting on it. And yeah, you can be part of it. You can dress up, you know. Uh, do I need to see Terrell Owens uh, and, or not Terrell Owens, Terrell Brown? <laughs> do I need to see T.O.? I do need to see T.O. dance. I don't need to see Terrell Brown dance with uh, Cheryl Burton. I don't need to see, uh, I don't need to see that. Cheryl Scott. I'm getting all the Cheryls mixed up, all the Terrells mixed up. It's, but you know who I mean. They, it, it's just awkward. It's very awkward. And then Janet Davies comes on with Gian Greco and the whole thing goes down. Uh, but I will say, I enjoyed theirs much more than Channel 5. Other than our good friend Jen DeSalvo, uh, who looked lovely in her blue sparkly mini dress, Channel 5, uh, awful. Just I, I watched it for like four minutes. I didn't see any of it. You're lucky. You you would have had to gouge out your eyes. I'm I'm operating with one eye. Had I watched any longer, the second eye would have been gone. It was horrific. Uh, I don't know who these people were that were on there. I understand they're trying... Here's the thing. Uh, at least Channel 7 embraces the fact that Gene Greco and Janet Davies have been here for a long time. They've been doing this for 19 years. Uh, they They embrace that. Channel 5 was trying to bring in... Uh, people who looked like they were still in broadcast school. I don't know who these people were. They looked like they were about 18. They shouldn't have been drinking anyway. Uh, the guy looked like he was wearing his dad's tuxedo. It just it didn't work for me at all on Channel 5. How, just, was, how was the big WGN? We'll get to that after, uh, after this because I think, uh, you know, overall, I left them for last. And you know what they say about saving uh, who for last? You save the best for last. Oh, so we'll, keep it in the family. Yeah, of Love course. It. Well, sure. I'm nothing but if not a corporate shill, Carm. You know that. Nothing, uh, nothing but the shilling for everybody here. Kim, are we doing teases? Do you want to tell us what's coming up? On oh, the news, we can or tease. We, not? we can tease I don't know the weather and we can tease the traffic. How Perfect. about that? Weather's looking good. I mean, it's going to be a low of 34 tonight. Tomorrow's going to be warmer, increasing clouds, breezy, noticeably milder, high of 49. So that how's that for, you know, January 2nd? That's great. And good news on the highways. No no, uh, no major problems on any of the expressways and tollways. Everything's m- running smooth. Perfect. Smooth and silky this Saturday. <laughs> Very nice. Wow. They're actually doing mornings next week, smooth and silky. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun on WGN. In 720 WGN, we were talking about the New Year's Eve broadcasts. Uh, the local broadcasts are coming in, and you're always welcome to text. Uh, 981 What's the number? <laughs> Carb, what's the, uh, the text number? Why did I forget that all of a sudden? That would be 312-981-7200. That's right. 312-981-7200. Thanks, Carm, for the big tip-in. Wow, that was... That was, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, it was like, wait, I was going to do the old text number from like years ago. I don't know why I was going to call that back up. But texts are actually coming in. Uh, Chicago should either do it well or give up New Year's Eve. CNN was terrible. I didn't watch any of CNN. Uh, I did see Sherry O'Terry come in. Uh, I saw a clip of that today doing her Barbara Walters impression, and that was funny. She was always funny on SNL doing that. And I did find out who was uh, who was on the Channel 5 broadcast. It was Matthew Rodriguez, who I'm, I don't know. Courtney Hall, I do know uh chris hush and then our friend jen DeSalvo. so they were on the one i en- i ended up watching at midnight was uh because i was flipping through but then i stayed with channel nine uh anna devlant or uh, anna uh belleval anna belleval and um dean richards were covering it and it was a lot of fun uh, you know they did a lot of pre-taped things which was great um they didn't seem you know, some, uh, to Carm's point where people are trying to get liquored up and be too hyped up and get too much into the thing, Dean and Anna were 
just kind of there, you know. They look nice. Uh, Dean had a beautiful blue tuxedo on. I enjoyed the the tuxedo jacket quite a bit. But um, they were just kind of there. They weren't drinking. Uh, Neither one of them seemed to have even had a drink that night. Which, Carm, you would have appreciated. Very professional. I like it. There was no uh, there was no hooting, no hollering, no sloppy making out between the anchors, despite the fact that uh, people kept uh, texting in, Dean said, asking him to kiss Anna, but he was not. He was very respectful, as was uh, Anna. Her family came in, which was nice. So overall, I think they did a better job. Except, can we get... And this is for all the stations. No one is coordinated with the clock on the screen and the countdown of the hosts. Everybody is off. So if you're watching the screen, uh, there's one time, and then people are screaming Happy New Year like five seconds later, and I don't know what to, uh, I don't know which one to follow. See, that just brought up a rough moment for me, because it was it was countdown on the screen, Brian, 20, yes. 15, and my beautiful wife is in the bathroom. I'm like, 20 seconds! Ten. You can't rush that, Carm. Yeah, right, well, and so it, it was just I mean, I was all by myself, all by, you know, I, I, felt, I felt cheated. 90% of my New Year's Eves, I have been by myself <laughs> for, the, for that crucial period. Uh, either my wife is asleep and I say Happy New Year to her the next morning, or I was away working and it was, so it was, yeah. Can't, get used to it. You're married now. You don't need all that uh, hubbub. I wanted that all, sync, you know, the, the brushing of the teeth on the New Year's to be synchronized here with... with <laughs> With well, the, with the what midnight. does that tell us about your wife? She's not uh, she's not a slave to anyone else's schedule. That's and true. I admire that. She's a woman on her, an independent woman. She could do whatever she wants. And I, and I like that you have high standards here, Brian. You want everything synchronized. Let's be together. Let's be a team. Listen, if it's a broadcast, it's a broadcast. If we want loosey-goosey, I'll do a New Year's Eve countdown. Maybe we get to midnight. Maybe we don't. Who knows? But if I'm watching broadcast television with high budgets and drones... You know, one of the, I forget was a Channel Seven had drones out. Oh man, everybody had uh, things were hopping. I want I want a countdown, and everybody seems surprised by how to count backwards from ten. Not, not one host did it very smoothly. But listen, that's that's neither here nor there. We're now we're now in the new year. Things are moving. Uh, we'll go on with it. Uh, people are saying no, it's not. Uh, it was bad. The New Year's Eve TV was bad. These are the texts that are running in. Um, oh, some 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 ones that are very mean that I will not read about uh, local hosts. Those we're, listen, we're not going to uh, we're not going to savage anyone on their appearance or their personality. We'll just say the whole thing needs to be a little bit tighter. You don't see, uh, but even if you look at uh, Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve, which for the first year ever, I didn't see the ball drop in Times Square. Usually I'm watching that, but I was in the middle of a film, a cinematic endeavor that uh, I was trying to watch while having a couple of cocktails, and uh, I missed it. But even, even the great and the silky smooth Ryan Seacrest, who seems to have never made a broadcasting mistake in his life, almost as if he was programmed in a lab somewhere, he's too smooth. Uh, he still gets the countdown confused. They still don't know. Because they got monitors and producers talking in their ear, and things are just, uh, you know. When you do something once a year, having perfection is just not easy. You know? That's true. But they, they listen, Carm. I'm, I'm making excuses. You are making excuses. You are making big big excuses because they rehearse these things. Do it's they? Not, yes, they have rehearsals. They had you know they have the people come out and they sing and they dance if they're if they're doing one of those. You think Cheryl Cheryl uh, Scott just went out the first time last night and danced like that? Yes. Do you really? I do. 
I don't know if you know her personally, and that's why you're a, an apologist uh, for Cheryl Scott. I don't. All right, but you think you think Terrell was able to leap over the bar and slip into a sequin jacket without ever practicing that move? Okay, now that I didn't see, that sounds like a move that must be honed over many that's, hours. Well, listen, Cheryl also had to rip off a garment while spinning around in some uh, some like go-go boots and a mini skirt. So again, I'm doubting they like they didn't just walk off the street and go. All right, here's what we have in mind. Uh, we're going to do a New Year's Eve thing. We'd like you to dance in a huge choreographed bit with uh, fake waiters and waitresses, and we're going to have you not only dance by a bar, but then you're going to dance your way out of Navy Pier onto a giant stage and continue dancing. I'm telling you, they rehearse this at least once or twice. I, 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 I believe you, Brian. That sounds very logical. If only for the, te- if only for the technical crew. Who is going to get, you know, the people the people running the cameras have to know where to point them. I guarantee you the people that work last night are so happy it's over. Oh, yes. There's absolutely, there's absolutely no doubt. I'm sure at 12.05, every person on those crews were getting hammered. Like, oh, God, we only have 364 more days till we have to do this again. Right, please don't make me do this in 2021. No. Please, you, please, please. There's got to there's gotta be a point where we go, okay... We we can't do this. They tried with that Chi Town Rising. Remember that uh, debacle with uh, right over here at the Hyatt when they had the star that was going to go up instead of drop. It happened. They did it for like two years in a row. Mario Lopez was here. Some Chi Town Rising. Chi Town Rising. It was ugh, and it was it was an abomination. It because they were going to try. Oh, we're going to make Chicago on par with New York. And it just made us look like we should actually be dropping a, a cow off a building. That's what we should be doing for New Year's Eve. We look like the biggest cow town, goofy, just, oh, look at us trying to be cool. And, you get, you know, you get C-list celebrities coming on to host it. And, and no. So I'm glad that went away. But I have I have strong opinions on New Year's Eve. You really do. It I'm, does. It's hot takes, Carm. You know me. I, I save my hot takes for New Year's Eve. I mean, normally I, I I feel like I'm out. I'm not necessarily you know dialed into the level that you're dialed into, here, Brian. But maybe as I advance in my elder Carm state, I'll, that's right. I'll, I'll, I'll have a hot take or two. Once you realize that going out on New Year's Eve is not all it's cracked up to be, and you start staying home, and your wife decides she's not just going to be in the bathroom at midnight, she's going to fall asleep at eight uh, thirty, and you're sitting there by yourself pondering your future. Uh, you'll look to TV for comfort, and unfortunately, New Year's Eve TV will not give you that comfort. It will only uh, give you agitation. It'll make you. It'll make you long for the days when you were, uh, you know, you and your spouse could stay up late. That is better though than the single guy that's out in the bar that knows that he's not going to be kissing anyone and uh, everybody. That's a rough one, right? That is. I. Uh, yeah, I would never go back to those days. Never. That was ugh. uh let's see. Hi, I made Thanksgiving dinner once a year for thirty people and pull it off without rehearsal. A little bit different. Little bit different cooking dinner than uh, putting on a uh, television broadcast. From the eight four seven, we really enjoyed the WGN TV coverage for New Year's Eve. I liked how they talked about upcoming events in Chicago. It was purely a hometown show. That's true. Uh Linda has some commentary. Hi, Linda. Hi, how you doing? Good. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. I'm just saying I flip around on the different channels, but every year I usually end up on Channel 7 because I want to see if Janet Davies and Marcy and Greco kids. Yeah. And it's sometimes, you know, they give a pack. Sometimes they do, like, this big dramatic thing that's a big fake thing. And so last night it looked like it was going to be the typical little pack. And just as Janet goes in towards Mark, the... the um, female impersonator comes along 
and Deanna ducked down, and in comes the, so that was kind of cute, but Mark, Mark backed up. It was, it was funny. Oh. But, I, but the reason I called for the first time that I ever remember seeing it, because I, I agree with you about the countdown, this time they had Jim Greco and Davies and Cheryl Scott, and I can't remember that nice-looking black gentleman on Brown. the channel. Yeah. And then Ryan Cheverini and Val. Uh-huh. And then whoever that older black gentleman is. Jose Sanders. all four of them in their four little stations, but all four of them at the same time on the screen with the countdown. And they were all counting down backwards 10 in unison. Really? All I right. couldn't believe it. Well, I sit corrected then. Channel yeah, 7 knows, knows how to count. That's good for them. Finally. But again, I think that's the first time I've seen that. So. Maybe they've been anyway, listening to okay. people's complaints. Well, Linda, Happy New Year. Thank you for the call. Okay. Take care. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Jose Sanders was in Tinley Park. Uh, I don't know where. Oh, uh, Ryan and Val were at uh, Teatro Zanzani. And uh, Dean and Anna were next door here at the uh, the Hyatt. So there were people, people all over. Oh, man, all over the city. Then I like the suburban parties. Where you see all the dads in there, you know, getting all dressed up and trying to, you know, remember, honey, it's New Year's Eve. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. All right. On the other side of news, cannabis is legal. What does that mean? Ryan Burrow will join us. So we'll do that after the news here on 720. Oh, Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. That is, uh, is Afro Man, because I got high. Illinois became the 11th state to legalize recreational cannabis. Today, dispensaries opened at 6 a.m., and the lines were incredible. Almost as if uh, cannabis enthusiasts had never seen cannabis before or had cannabis before. Uh, they were lining up for a number of reasons. Ryan Burrow has been covering this all day. Prior prior to today, he's been covering it, but he was out there today talking to people. He joins us now on 720 WGN. Ryan, uh, what was going on? It seemed it seemed orderly yet insane at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, you know, I was going to tell you that you know after your uh, little beef, I guess, with the local TV broadcast last night, maybe you need to take the edge off a little bit. I might. I you know, I've never, I've never. Uh, had cannabis i've never smoked marijuana i've never had an edible uh, ever in my life which got me labeled a square the other night by my brother sure sure uh, but i you know i don't have a problem with it i was just i was amazed because in my mind i think well if if you enjoy cannabis you probably had some at home <laughs> but i understand wanting to be in line for a historic people were uh, equating it with prohibition yeah. saying you know prohibition is finally ended uh, so everybody is that when you were talking to people, is that kind of the vibe you got that they they needed to be there because it was a historic day? Uh, no, I think they wanted their pots. Is, is what it was. <laughs> I don't think all. there was much to it. All right, here's the deal. Yeah, prohibition with iPads because essentially, uh, what you do when you walk up to one of these dispensaries, at least this is how it happened today with these big long lines. I was at the one on North Avenue. It's called New Med, and uh, it's on North Avenue. Um, it basically you walk up the the line snakes around the building and you register. 
yourself. You okay. give them your your contact information, likely a cell phone number, and then they will text you when it is your time to enter the facility. And inside that facility, they have obviously all of the products as well as some people yes. that can help you out because there is a learning curve. That's I the was one going thing. to say a lot of people who may not have may not have enjoyed this before. Now that it's legal, are going to say, "All right, I'm going to try it," and they don't know, and that can lead to. A lot of misunderstandings, and it can lead to problems. So when are, are you finding that the dispensaries are very big on education, too, which is going to slow things down, of course, but important nonetheless? It, it seems like it. Obviously, look, there are restrictions. 30 grams of marijuana, 500 milligrams of edibles, 5 grams of concentrated THC oils. Uh, basically, uh, when you go in there, these are your options, and you get to decide how much how of it. Mu- All right. For those of us who grew up uh, only knowing pot from Cheech and Chong movies, how much How much is 30 <laughs> grams of marijuana? I, I don't really know, to All be right. honest with you. I've heard yeah. different things, like if you cup your hand, average adult's hands, but I have huge mitts. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know. I'm sure people would be sending me in. <laughs> Go ahead and cup your hands. Fill them up with the uh, the cannabis. Yeah, a lot of people who were in line, they didn't exactly know what was offered. They didn't really know what it was they wanted. And so, yeah, it's like it's like going to a wine tasting, right? Okay. Oh, okay, well, these are your cabs, and these are your Malos, and right. these are your whites. And, um, you know, it, it, it sounded quite similar to this. So, uh, basically, uh, these people were getting in line at 6 a.m. Uh, they'd get punched into the system. They'd actually go across the street. They had kind of a little holding area, which was nice. It was like yeah, 20 degrees nice. outside. Uh, you know, you got you to keep them warm. You got to keep, keep the customers yeah. warm. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they would get called in and most of these people uh, took about an hour hour and a half i have heard some stories uh the the dispensary in lakeview sounds like it was three hours Uh, i've heard as as much as six hours that's the one uh my uh, my sunday producer cody okay tweeted out he an hour ago that he was at the dispensary in lakeview okay and they said six to seven hour wait and they close at 10 so you're pretty much you're pretty much going to be out of luck there was a lot of concern especially with the people who were showing up later in the morning that maybe the product would be gone right you know which was the situation actually in michigan a few weeks ago uh they launched five dispensaries and the product in the first weekend a bunch of them were, were sold out now have you been what have you heard because that was that's been a big concern for people who have medical marijuana cards yes that now that now that recreational was legal uh, became legal today that they won't be able to get their medical stuff and i've heard from different uh, different sources that well they're supposed to be holding back an amount, but that doesn't seem to be happening at some of the dispensaries. I spoke with uh, one of the workers at the store, and uh, he told me he thought they had uh, enough of a supply. Now, keep in mind, this was at 10 in the morning, right. 9 in the morning, um, and the line continued to grow, but he he felt confident that they had enough supply. I don't know if that was to get them through the morning or, right. or what have you. but So uh, the medical stuff and the recreational stuff is all coming from the same stock, is that be. correct? They should be, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Although it sounds, uh, according to him, that there were a lot of hoops to jump through but um i i, I pulled some of my interviews if yes, you, if you want to hear let's, love to hear what do you got why don't we talk about why don't we hear from some of the people who are who are waiting in line uh these people are <laughs> obviously in the in the cold but uh pretty amped up can, can, can i ask you have you ever been to, to one of these no i before? never i never have before no what are you expecting when you go in or, or get signed up and uh just hoping to uh yeah get a good experience get uh as much as i can possibly get and yeah do you already know what you're going to buy? Yeah, I have a pretty good idea of what I'm getting. Would you like to share? Yeah, sure. Just some very strong indica weed. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. How about you? Sure. What are you expecting? <laughs> yeah, what are you what's the question? Uh, so I saw some pictures, you know, did a little research yeah, online. Research, I'm expecting right? of course. a very pleasant experience. I've been to a dispensary out in Colorado, okay. so... 
kind of know what to expect, but definitely very excited. Never it, thought that, uh, you know, in this this early in my lifetime that it would be legal. Yeah. So, did uh, did you have this date circled on your calendar? Did you know you'd be no, here yeah. on New Year's Day? We had oh. this planned out for a while because we're up from Wisconsin, so it was okay. our plan to come down and <laughs> yeah. visit just for this. You know, are you are you worried that uh, you know the the Kenosha County authorities are going to be standing there on the border waiting oh, for well, people? We to took the Amtrak, and I don't plan on bringing any goodies back to Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. So no, I'm not too worried. Do you know what you're going to buy? Oh yeah, definitely. Mostly edibles, maybe a couple strands of sativa or indica. So, okay. <laughs> Say that again. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to get high. Yeah. But did you have this thing circled on your yeah, calendar? Man. I mean, oh yeah, I've been waiting for this for a long time. Yeah. Everybody just lying. Call me at six in the morning saying we have the dispensary. <laughs> I like that one guy. Hey, man, we're here to get we're high. Just here to get high. We're here to get high. And someone pulled out a joint and started smoking it right there. Now, there were Ooh. police officers all up and down the area. Probably not the smartest thing to do, but hey, it's a, it's 2020, right? Because you cannot, that is part of the deal. Even though it is legal, you cannot smoke in public places. Correct. You can smoke in your backyard or on your deck or patio or balcony and you'll be okay. But you cannot, you can't just be strolling down the avenue. You know, firing up your blunts. I do think those officers were more t- crowd, crowd control, control was yeah. was the bigger issue. But you know, that brought up a couple interesting points. Uh, number one, the people who are coming from out of states, which there were a few yes. of them, Indiana, uh, Wisconsin as well, cannot take it. They can use here, they can't take it back, right. And use there, and that's one of the things. That Wisconsin's been been pretty harsh on that. A lot of the sheriffs are telling people, look, just so you know, it may be legal there, but it's legal there. Not and they're here. saying that uh, they'd have, you know, if you're driving and you're fine, but your passengers has smoked, mm-hmm. the Wisconsin state police are saying just the smell is going to be enough to toss your car so be careful because i know when i was driving uh my daughter back from california and we came through colorado into nebraska and colorado their dispensaries were everywhere as soon as we crossed into you Nebraska, rolled up the window so you didn't no, get a contact no 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 oh. yeah, the, the <laughs> cops were waiting in nebraska and they were pulling cars over oh, left and right you know so if you do live in what in indiana or wisconsin be smart Sure. You know, just uh, leave your leave your stuff here. Uh, can you hang around yeah, for a minute? Absolutely. We got a, we got a few more things. We're talking uh, legal cannabis. It happened today. Can you believe it? We'll uh, get to more. Ryan Burrow is with me. It is WG. All right, we are talking legalized cannabis. Ryan Burrow has been covering it all day for WGN News and ABC News, and uh, he's with me in the studio. So we heard some of the people in line when you were talking when you were talking to the the people who worked at the dispensary that you were at. Mm-hmm. Is this pretty much what they expected, that uh, you know there were going to be these lines and people were going to just be uh, going crazy embracing this? I, I think they did to some extent. Uh, the guy I spoke with said it was a beautiful line. Uh, okay. It was something that they were looking for. Obviously, cha-ching, cha-ching, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's what this is. This is good business for them, and they're very sure. excited about it. Now, what is this going to look like 10 days from now, two weeks from now, you know, months from now? It obviously, probably not line snaked around, but... Um, I asked him specifically how this process has gone uh, from their perspective dealing with the state, and it sounds like there are still a lot of uh, I's that aren't dotted and T's that aren't crossed and hoops they had to jump through to get to this point. Um, He didn't feel very comfortable uh, with uh, kind of how the state has handled it to this point, but, uh, I mean, the doors are open today. The the sales, the transactions are happening. I mean, it's all going to sort itself out, I guess. Well, the thing, the state, we can can be sure that the one thing that they are paying a lot of attention to is getting the tax money and it, this the product is taxed pretty high correct uh yes yeah and it sounds like uh based on the potency that the tax may 
fluctuate. Oh, okay. So less potent stuff, maybe less. No, it's going to be more expensive, anyways, yeah, right? It's, so, yeah, it's, I, it's I don't just even like, know. It's weird though because you talk to people about this, and it's very much like beer. If we're talking Miller Lite versus Some Lagunitas, beer, you know, right. it's there. There's there's a difference in in yeah. the, the volume and the strength and everything like that. Well, and the you cost as well. And, yeah, people are willing to pay twenty five fifty bucks for a bottle of some barrel aged beer. Sure. Uh, they're going to pay more for high quality cannabis. Uh, did you have other? Uh, yeah, other let's. Stuff why don't we listen to uh, these are people. They came out, uh, they had made their purchase, they had their black bag, they were sauntering <laughs> out. I managed to grab them. Uh, here's my conversation with them. Well, what was that process like? What, what, tell um, me when you walked in, what, you had to register first, right? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty painless. I just gave them my ID, they checked my ID, and then um, sat in the waiting room for like, I don't know, two minutes. No, it was, it was pretty painless. I just gave my ID, sat for like two minutes, and then they sat me down with somebody and kind of helped me out with the selections. So, what'd you end up getting? Um, I ended up getting a couple, some edibles and a little bit of uh, marijuana. <laughs> right. I don't know what the flavor was. Sour, sour, sherbet, something. I don't know. Were you looking forward to this day? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a lot easier than, you know, having to, you know, having to go through like illegal channels. This makes it a little bit easier and for something that's not that harmful compared to, you know, other things that are. Like alcohol and stuff like that, I feel like it's about time. Sure, sure. Have you ever done one of these in another state? Uh, Colorado? No, or? no, I haven't. No? Okay. Have you done it? Yeah. Well, Kit, did you go in? You went in there already? What was, what was the process like here in Illinois? Fine. Yeah, it was quick. Fine and quick? What'd you end up getting? Uh, pretty much the same thing. Three packs, edibles, and then some, some flour. Okay. All right. How long were you guys out here in the line? Got here about 7.30, and then uh, went and got some breakfast around 8.15, and came back and got texted right away. So. Yeah, it was, we had about an hour in total once we put our names in, between going to get breakfast and coming back. It wasn't that bad at all. So that's how you buy marijuana, people. You go have breakfast and you come back. There you go. It's And it's still... Now, we're... Were there any people? Were there any people out there protesting? Because you still there's no. a lot of people. For all the people that are celebrating this, there are people who are still saying this is not this is not a good thing. There's still there are some risks associated. There are, and they've let us know on uh, social media. That's for sure. Um, that uh, you know there are people that are still not happy with this. Uh, the people in line, you know, we heard a lot of bros there. Let's just be honest. Yeah, there and a, a lot, lot of younger lot of guys kind were, of bros. I was going to ask. It, it sounded were, like everybody was mid to early to mid 20s i, I want to point out that uh, you know when i was walking the line here there are people who do not want their name out sure there are of course people whenever of there's course. the media out there that thinks there's going to be pictures of them taken uh, i did take a far away shot you can't see any faces just to, to show you the line um but you know obviously not everyone wants to be outed by their boss or family or whatever well, that, they're, that they're there so these are the people that were willing to talk now sure. i did talk to i talked with a combat veteran who said that he was anxious uh, and he was looking forward to talking with someone in the store about things that would help him uh, with sleep and anxiety mm-hmm. because he was never diagnosed with anything and never had the opportunity okay. to get medicinal. So that this is an option for, for him. Right. Uh, I did see some older people in line, probably in their 60s. Okay. Uh, and yes, there were women in line too. <laughs> uh, I know I, I got a lot of dudes in there, but there were women that just didn't want to talk. So. Well, and there, because there's still, let's be honest, there, generationally, there is still a stigma and i don't know how long it will take for the stigma to go away and whether it's deserved or not it is what it is and 
to your point, people don't want to mention, you still, even though it's legal, there's some businesses yeah. and some professions, you can still be fired for this. Yeah. Uh, they Businesses have a right, they, they can have zero tolerance policies. So it's not carte blanche now for everybody to just be high all the time. Sure. There's still, just like you can't show up to work drunk. You can't show up to work high. Well, you don't want to put that that thought in your boss's brain that, hey, this guy operates heavy machinery, and exactly. here he is on the news talking about all the pot he just bought, right. you know? So, yeah. So, now, do they, when you got to go in, do they, uh, are the menus very detailed? Is that what they give you? So, it, I know they said they can't, the, anything on display is empty, because the product has to stay locked until it's, it's actually like service merchandise, right? Yes. Where everything's right. You can hold the empty box and go, <laughs> exactly. man, this looks great. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I actually wasn't uh, part of the, the indoor process oh, okay. um, inside. The, the store itself, that where I was, was not large. In fact, that holding area where they said they waited seems to be where they were getting um, you know some kind of counseling as to what was available, what okay. they'd be allowed to purchase, what might be the best for them. So. Now, we were talking, how many dispensaries open today for recreational? Oh, Kim, if you're listening right now, now, was it like 32 across yeah. the states, I want to say? Seven in Chicago? Was um, I think it was 36. 36, okay. Yeah, I believe yeah. it was 36. Now, uh, there's somebody on the line, and I want you to stay here too, Ryan, because oh, sure. you'll ask some good, uh, you know, good newsy questions. Nick claims he can answer questions about how permits are given out in the business. Nick, are you involved in the business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for taking the call, and thanks for having a conversation, even though as a non-user, you know, that's that's the way to just facilitate education. But yeah, I applied for a dispensing license through the social equity lens. Uh, And, you know, I went out myself this morning. And once I saw the line at Dispensary 33, I quickly went back home and took a nap. But um, I, you know, was curious about the market here because we've been studying it in other states. So seeing it, you know, bustling today, but like you said, what's it look like months from now? And who's going to get granted these, you know, 40 some licenses in the city? Are we going to oversaturate this market? I mean, you're you're waiting, you're pending, right, for a license. You're looking to sell. But when you look at the lines today and think to yourself, what is this going to look like six months from now? I mean, is that a concern for you? You know, and I think for any, you know, newfound business, it should be a healthy concern about the market share. But I think this is exciting and we're a state that's willing to engage ideas that, you know, bring something new to the table. If you notice that all these dispensaries, it's a cut and dry, you know, model of some counter space, a waiting room. And I think applications like ours and others will show um, that there's a different way to engage the product, even though three other states all do it the same way. You know, we don't have to follow that same suit. And I think our idea is unique in that sense. How long a process has it been to this point and when do they anticipate starting granting uh, granting these other licenses? So uh, you mentioned the T's and the I's. First of all, the application was easily, you know, a couple hundred hours to complete if you did it yourself. I did hear rumors that many, you know, um, people were being sponsored and applying for five or ten licenses that their attorney was completing for them. So you'll see some applications that were born out of passion and some that were born out of the ability to afford it. But as far as notifications come, we're looking at May, um, okay. and they're going to announce all of those who are being awarded. But um, for us, you know, it's not about necessarily being the one that gets it, but, you know, seeing that those that are granted aren't backed by, you know, those with influence in Big Canna. Do you see this... 
um, as enticing a new demographic of marijuana user? Do you see this as just trying to uh, uh, create a safe space for people who are all use who are already using marijuana? I'm just trying to figure out uh, who is the target demographic here. Are they? I have a feeling a lot of those people in line today were first time users or they haven't used it a long time, right. and and you know, is this kind of kind of reignite something that they were doing a, a long time ago and and maybe they haven't done or are these just people who were smoking pot yesterday and now they can get it legally and this is fun well that's an interesting point and i think that you spoke to the generational you know considerations here and i think it's just that 20 years from now we'll have a market saturated with users who you know passed on education through experience um but as it stands now i think everybody's welcome through the door um with that 21 age of course in mind but uh, it's going to just be everyone going at their own pace, and I think that's how it should be. If everyone thinks a light switch is going to turn on and that 50% approval rating is going to turn into 60 70 80% use, um, you know, that's nothing to rely on. I think it's about making sure you build a reputation as somebody who's going to facilitate a comfortable space to have this experience, whether it's your first day or, you know, 50th year using, which, you know, we know many people to be the case in those categories. Well, Nick, we appreciate the information. we got to get to the news. Happy New Year, and thanks again. Happy New Year. Thanks, everybody. Ryan, thank you for joining us. Yeah, Always no good problem. to talk to you. Uh, we will actually, on the other side of news, talk to Leo Barajas. He's the general manager of Midway Dispensary on Archer. So uh, we'll get a little more insight into what's going on in these dispensaries. Uh, it's the biggest story here, and we're talking about it on WGN. These high school boys and girls are having a hop at the local soda fountain. Innocently, they dance. Innocent of a new and deadly menace lurking behind closed doors. Marijuana, the burning weed with its roots in hell. In this film, you will see the ease with which this vicious plant can be grown in your neighbor's yard, rolled into harmless-looking cigarettes, hidden in an innocent shoe or watch case. If you want a good smoke, try one of these. Yes, that was the reefer madness. Uh, it is not reefer madness anymore because Illinois has become the 11th state in the nation to legalize recreational marijuana. Leo Barajas is the general manager of Midway Dispensary, uh, 5648 South Archer Avenue. And Leo joins us now on WGN. Leo, thanks for taking time. I can only imagine how busy you guys are today. Oh, yeah, all day. It's been uh, it's tactic, but uh, we're definitely managing and uh, making sure everybody gets what they need. Now, you started out as a medical marijuana dispensary. Uh, there's been a lot of talk amongst uh, patients who need, who have the medical marijuana card, that maybe now that recreational marijuana has been legalized, there's going to be a shortage. And we're hearing that a couple places had that today. Are, how are you guys combating that? Uh, you know, we're still uh, open and uh, serving our patients. Uh, as far as combating it, we just uh, we've been combating it for the last year. You know, just trying to make uh, really good uh, relationships with the cultivator and trying to get as much product as we, as we can for our patients. Uh, so just um, working on it daily. But I'm, I'm sure things will get better with time. It's just uh, we ask our our patients to be patient with us. Exactly. Now, were you? Obviously, you expected a big rush today. Did the amount of people waiting to get in, not only to a Midway dispensary, but the others, did that surprise you at all? Uh, not at all. Based off the other states that went recreational and seeing how uh, everything worked out there and the long lines and running out of products. So we had a small expectation uh, on our side just to 
um, expect the, those long lines and things like that. So if, it, if it's a surprise, no, not at all. <laughs> now, are you finding, as you talk to people today, were was there a, a split between people who have never used cannabis before and experienced users coming in? Did you did you find one more than another, or was it was it kind of even? Uh, I would say fifty fifty. Um, I, I really do think we have a wide variety of patients here, so it's going to be from the inexperienced to the experienced user, uh, young, old, and it's 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 such wide variety that we have to just know how to meet the needs for everybody, whether it be uh, the new users having them go low and slow their first uh, couple of experience or the more experienced user that's looking for the high-potent product. Now, that's a term I've heard a lot over the last couple of weeks as people are explaining what happens when you go into the dispensary, and especially for new users. Uh, low and slow, that's, is that especially for edibles or is it uh, for smokable stuff as well? And explain, explain what that means. Yeah, so for uh, for edibles specifically, uh, we like to start uh, the patients off at a dose of two and a half milligrams to five. Uh, for smokable products, it's a little bit harder to dose, but we, we usually try to say take a, a puff or two of it and then put it down for a few minutes, and then you can always go back to it if you need uh, more of it. Okay, and how? what kind of education do you guys do when somebody walks in who's never been to a dispensary before? So it's a little bit harder with... Uh, January 1st being the first sure. day, yeah, yeah. but we do try to take the time out and uh, go over the product, how to navigate through the menu, whether it be flour, edibles, tinctures, topicals, or um, just explaining the, the, the terms, whether it be CBD, cannabidiol, THC, tetra, uh, tetrahydrocannabinol. So we do try to take the time as best we can and uh, try to make sure everybody goes out with a little bit better understanding than when they came in with. So hopefully people will do some uh, research before they go in, and then if then they can ask better questions than just coming in completely blind, going, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> absolutely. But uh, if somebody's coming in uh, like that, absolutely fresh and uh, not uh, informed about the product as much as somebody else, uh, like I said, we do take the time. We have um, uh, a starter packet to with a bunch of reading information in it just to go over all the, the products and what to expect when you uh, make a dispensary visit. For a guy like me who was really bad at math, where you we throw around milligrams and and things like that, up you can buy up to thirty grams of of the flour. How much? How much is that? Uh, so that that's a that's an ounce of flour. As far as like how many doses or how long an ounce of flour would last, if you're an inexperienced user, an ounce of flour might last a month. You know, for okay. the more experienced, uh, high. Um, Patients with a high tolerance, uh, it could announce could last uh, probably like a week, a week and a half, just depending on um, the patient, because everybody has their own specific ailment that they're dealing with and their own tolerance that they have. And now that you've got uh, recreational users in there, it's it's the product that you're selling and that all the dispensaries have. It's a lot different than what people might be used to, which is another reason that the, you have to warn people to take it a little slower, right? Yeah, especially for some of the uh, older users of cannabis, they come in and we try to tell them, like, it's it's a whole lot different than uh, what they've uh, been experienced to, whether it be uh, back in their day uh, or um, black market product. All our product is uh, lab tested, and we have that wide variety, whether it be low THC that will give you um, uh, a small euphoric effect 
for the high THC products, which might put you out into space. But uh, like I said, we always just caution uh, all the patients to go low and slow and um, try to have them have, uh, go home with a good experience. All right, and so just to clarify, everybody's got to be twenty-one. You guys check, Absolutely. you check the IDs, and you're so you don't walk right into the dispensary, correct? You walk into like a a waiting area, and that's where your ID is checked and all that other stuff. Yeah, we have a waiting area. Our security guard will reach out the door. Uh, they'll let you into the lobby, and that's when one of our uh, bud tenders or product specialists will verify your ID. Have you wait if there's a, a wait uh, uh, to go into the back onto the sales floor? But once you're on the sales floor, uh, we're just going to double-check your ID and uh, make sure we're compliant with the state and get you going from there. And this is an all-cash business, correct? Because uh, marijuana is still illegal on a federal level, so banks are not taking, banks are not uh, allowing credit cards and uh, things to go through, right? Correct. Currently, it is a, a cash, uh, cash-only facility. But we hope that's going to change pretty soon. It said, you know, it, you would think it would after all this. Uh, anything else people need to know? Do you, do you expect, how long do you think these these huge lines are going to last? Obviously, the novelty of the first few days is going to be big. But how do you see things shaking out after a week or so? Yeah, so uh, like you said, I do think the, the novelty of it, uh, a week of the very long lines and limited product. But as time goes on, I would say, Give it a month, you'll see increase in product. Um, and, of course, uh, the patient flow is going to slow down, but everybody's going to start getting what they need. And uh, I would even say it's even going to get that much better in May, June, the summer months, where uh, we're going to have a, a large influx of product to meet the needs of everybody. And Midwest Midway Dispensary is located at the corner of uh, Archer and Laramie. Uh, MidwayDispensary.com is the website, so you can go and check out all the hours, uh, get in touch. And there's, there's a, what I like there, even on your website, there are a lot of uh, frequently asked questions. You can get a lot of different information right there, which I think, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether you're buying cannabis or you're going to buy bourbon or you're going to buy anything. You're doing some research on what you want to buy before you uh, before you go in uh it's there's still people there's still people who think this is a bad idea uh for the recreational part now you started on a on the med- medical marijuana side which i've been a proponent of for years um how do you how do you answer the critics who say listen this is this recreational thing is not good i mean you just have to see what happened in different states uh whether it be uh economic economic um, surpluses uh, or just relief that patients are getting and not having to uh, deal with black market, uh, avoiding um, uh, lawful penalties and things like that. So overall, on our end, we always think it's a a positive uh, step forward to go recreational. Uh, You are going to have some pushback, but uh, with time, I think all the benefits are going to outweigh uh, those negative um, insights on it. So uh, I, I just want to give it time and make sure everybody's on the same page and uh, seeing the how positive it can be. And Leo, we had brought this up before about the taxes on this. Before I let you go, is does the tax vary depending on the product that you're getting, or is it a, a flat sales tax across the board for your products? No, it's going to vary. Uh, for edibles, um Cartridges, concentrates, it's going to be a tax of 10%. And then for flour, that's when it really ranges. Uh, below 35% uh, THC potency, it's going to be a 
15%, and then above that, it could uh, reach up to 30 Oh, okay. All right, so it's going to vary, and all that stuff is is right there, so you know exactly what you're getting and what you're going to uh, what you're going to have to pay when you go into Midway Dispensary or any of the others. Leo, I appreciate the time. I know things were crazy today, but thanks for clearing some things up for it. I appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Take care. That's Leo Barajas. He's the general manager of Midway Dispensary, uh, 5648 South Archer. You can go to midwaydispensary.com. Uh, they are open today until 6, so... You can uh, you can swing in and uh, go to the website, find all that out. All right, I'm getting some texts for people who are uh, you know upset about this, think this isn't a bad idea. Here's uh, here's what I'm wondering, and I want to hear from you at three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. If you're like me, and you grew up in a certain generation where you know I'm n- I've never been a uh, cannabis user, I was always taught that you know we're not supposed to do any drugs, and I know. Uh, Listen, that's what I was taught. That's what, up until today, that's what I told my daughter, too. Don't do drugs. Well, now, if she wants to smoke pot, it's legal. I have a beer. I have a drink, which is also a drug. We know that people get killed by drunk drivers all the time. We know that people have abused alcohol. If you have a drink and you tell your friends or your kids not to smoke pot, both now are legal are you a hypocrite? 312-981-7200. We'll talk about that a little bit after this on WGN. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN, 312-981-7200. Are you a hypocrite now if you tell your kids not to smoke marijuana because it's a drug, don't do drugs, but you're drinking? Now, we could have always asked that question, obviously. However, now, with marijuana being legal, it makes it much that much harder. And I, you know, the, the big argument is, listen, uh, marijuana is a gateway drug. If you, if you start smoking marijuana, you're going to go into harder, more illicit drugs, and it's going to be bad. Well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of research, a lot of studies that say eh, maybe that could happen, but the vast majority of people who smoke marijuana never move into harder, more illicit drugs, just like the vast majority of people who have a cocktail never become alcoholics. And the vast majority of people who have a drink never, you know, Drunk, uh, drink and drive, or commit some sort of violent crime because they're drunk. So that argument, that argument goes out the window. But if you are, if you are a new parent now, or an older parent like me, how do you deal with this with your kids? You know, thankfully my daughter is twenty three. She now has the ability to make her own decisions. Uh, I hope I've laid a good groundwork, and uh, she knows. She knows that I've uh, never been a user, so I'm hoping that uh, kind of rubs off on her a little bit. But she will make her own decisions. And I don't feel like a hypocrite. I think I think even with it being legal, um, there's still, I don't know, I still live under that stigma. And it's because because I'm an old man, you know? I grew up, I grew up with reefer madness. I grew up, and all my friends get high. I don't, I don't think I have one friend who doesn't get high. And I, it doesn't bother me. It's just it's just not for me. Somebody saying uh, somebody texting in from the two two four. You said you've not tried marijuana at all. Uh, well, this is the best time for you to try it. I believe if you try it, you will say, "Why did I not try this before?" I bet you will like it. Which is the biggest reason that I never tried it because I was afraid I'd like it. And listen, I don't have the money for cannabis and Doritos. I just don't. I don't have that in my budget. Uh, so I was not going to, I was not going to give in. I know my personality. I know that if I like something, I was going to, uh, 
I like drinking, but thankfully I know when to when to pull back. That wasn't always the case, but you know, then you mature. I don't know I don't know how that would have been. Again, maybe I would have liked it, maybe I wouldn't have liked it. I know some people try it and they come it's like, no, I tried it a few times, it wasn't for me. But I don't know. Carm, someday you might have a child. Now that you're a married man, I don't know what's in your plans. I'm not trying to pressure you. you take your time. Do whatever you want to. But uh, have you thought about that now, how you would how you would deal with this situation? Not easy conversations, right? Because you, no. don't, you don't want to make it something that's restricted, which then you all of a sudden have a child that wants to rebel and do things. Exactly. So there, uh, but you can't be too... See, that, that there's always that chance that they're going to rebel, but then you can't be too lenient because it goes the other way. Because kids do want... Kids do want some sort of structure. They do want guidelines, uh, and hopefully, you raise a child who's smart enough then to take those, take that advice that you've given them, and make good decisions for them. Are they the decisions that you would always make? Absolutely not. But you want them to be able to make good, responsible decisions. Right. Being a parent, having standards, all that is good. I, I obviously, uh, I, I think this comes down. A lot for me, Brian, to your personality. Do you have an addictive personality? If you do, then going down the marijuana road is probably not for you. Because right. who knows where that goes. But if you don't, if you can try something, and just like you can have a beer or a glass of wine, of course, then, then you know, then then I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel a huge concern. Um, and the way you know what you're talking about, the legal versus illegal thing. Like, I know there's huge lines today. But my assumption is that most of these people were doing this before. Exactly. So it's not like, oh, it's legal. Now all of a sudden I'm going to come out of my house and buy marijuana. Yeah, I'm not going to change my mind just right. because it's legal now. You're not going to see me, you know, sitting in here with a giant brownie going, hey, man. Well, now it's legal. So now it's like, legal. So I now mean, I'm going to go crazy. Right. I go over the speed limit. I, you know, I don't follow every law out there. No. So, um, it, but it's, it's, it, I'm just wondering. Is this going to come back to the state of Illinois and us taxpayers in any positive way? I'd love to see that happen, well, as will we all. They're collecting a lot of taxes. It's supposed to go into a general fund. They're supposed to be it, it's supposed to be all earmarked. But I don't know if you remember when the lottery started. That was all going to go to uh, right. pay for, and the tolls were going to go to pay for things. And those were all supposed to be temporary. Education was supposed to get all this money from the lottery. All the schools were going to be taken care of because now we were gambling on the lottery. Yeah, that didn't really work out. So uh, all this, they they better they better cough up some of this tax money because there's going to be a lot of it rolling in. And when they give out the rest of these licenses uh, come May, there's going to be a lot more. And that was part of the big push to get to get recreational marijuana passed. Was that look? It's going to be a financial windfall for the state. So. Right, we'll see. and well, and where we're at as a state financially, <laughs> we need it. We need multiple windfalls. Unfortunately, yes, we do. So, all right. Here's a couple things, just so you know. Uh, I mentioned this before, but you can't you can't smoke out in public. You can't just be wandering around the bean with a blunt. Uh, no, you can smoke at your house. You can smoke on your patio or in your own backyard, your balcony. That's fine. Uh, you won't get a ticket. I also mentioned this. You can still be fired because private property owners, such as landlords and employees, uh, can ban pot consumption. Uh, Companies can still fire workers under zero-tolerance policy. So make sure you know what goes on at your job. Don't just just assume that you'll be able to uh, smoke as much as you want and go into work. You can't grow it at home. Only people with uh, medical marijuana patients can grow plants on their own, but everybody else, no. 
You can't drive while high, obviously. Uh, sales by individuals will remain illegal, so you can't sell it to somebody else. And you can be fined $50 for the first offense if you're smoking in the wrong place, $100 for subsequent violations uh, within the following 30 days. You need to show your ID, you need to be 21, and you need to have cash. So, and I also saw a report the other day that a lot of these dispensaries are uh, adding security. And adding, and they have ATM. They have security inside, obviously, but they're adding some parking lot security, and they have ATMs on the premises to uh, avoid having people show up with a lot of cash because it is expensive. So they don't want people coming into the parking lots with pockets full of cash and becoming potential targets. So you can always use ATMs there. I don't know what the fees are. You know, you're going to pay a lot to use uh, ATMs anyway. All right, we got to do this. One quick text, Brian. I believe that to be a good parent is to be a hypocrite. You want your children to be good and safe just because I made mistakes when I was young doesn't mean I won't warn my children not to do the same thing now. Good point from the 224. All right, we got to do this. Then it's news time. Here uh, the next couple days, and then Ro will be back on Monday. So we'll be here till 7 o'clock. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the number. Carm, you were talking about David Stern and his passing. Uh, we had You had comments from Michael Jordan. What do you think, as the uh, the sports guru here this afternoon, what was Stern's biggest legacy for the NBA? Well, he had tremendous timing, right? I mean, he enters the league right when Michael comes in in, in 1984. You can't you know, plan that one out. But no, he, that'll help. But he... He really globalized the game. I mean, the biggest thing that uh, I think a lot of people point to is, and it's correct, is you had the NBA enter the Olympics and you had the Dream Team in 1992, mm-hmm. and you know there they are in Barcelona and Jordan's, you know, all over the buildings there, and it just became a much more global game. So he had a lot of incredible factors coming together, and LeBron James coming along didn't hurt. He. At one point, he intervened and stopped a Chris Paul trade, which was that was when the sort of the league turned on David Stern, and he was trying to orchestrate Paul not going to the New Orleans Pelicans at the time. But uh, here's a guy that's in, you know a, a very astute businessman, Brian, and, and helped grow the league. There's no doubt about it. And, and the comments from Michael and Scotty and so many others, it, you know, speaks to the level of respect he had. Other than that, uh, that incident with Chris Paul, was there something that? You hate to speak ill, but was there, was there a mistake that David Stern made? Something that on the on the opposite side of the ledger, you'd go, eh, he could have handled this differently. I, I, I mean, you can always nitpick. You know, did he? You know, when you go back to like the malice in the palace and Ron Artest and mm-hmm. uh, the Indiana Pacers and the Detroit Pistons, and there was a, the league at, at, at for a little while there. There was, a, I mean, maybe they started to have a little bit of an image problem, and they were, uh, you know, the. Well, I guess, you know, when you're worried about corporate America, how do you want your guys to be dressing when they're walking in the arena? Sure, there was that that big thing about having to wear suits. He wanted everybody to wear suits. Right. And so that was a little bit awkward at the time with the players. But but overall, uh, I mean, you can't can't really chip at David Stern. The, the, The league went from being on tape delay in the NBA Finals to what it is now. So it it's he's just um he'll forever be I mean he's in the Hall of Fame, he'll forever be a legend right. in the game. And uh I Adam Silver is the commissioner now learned under him. So part of what Adam Silver's doing and he's incredibly well respected, particularly the way I mean Silver started off replacing Stern. He walked right into the Donald Sterling situation mm-hmm. with V Stiviano and all that. Uh that was incredibly awkward. So like you know Silver taking over is part of Stern's legacy as well. Very nice. All right, well sad uh, sad day in sports.
But a new day here, a new decade, a new year. Uh, we look back a little bit at 2019, the big stories, there was a uh, WGN TV, the TV part, polled their viewers to find out what the biggest stories of, the biggest local stories of 2019 were. And I'd like to get your thoughts on that. What did you think the big stories of 2019 were? Um, oh, here, now... Carm, I'll let you answer to this one. A text. Stern cooked the 85 draft to make sure that Patrick Ewing went to the Knicks. Agree uh, or disagree? Uh, sure. Whatever. Maybe <laughs> may, maybe he did. Maybe they put that envelope in a freezer, and so when David knew reaching in to not pick the cold one or whatever, I don't. Who knows? Uh, you know, if, did, did they cook it when the Bulls had a 2% chance to de- get Derrick Rose in 2009? Uh I, I, you know, who, who, the the NBA draft. You can always, you can go back year by year by year. How did LeBron James end up in Cleveland? There's always something that you could look at and go, yeah, this is the one. That's what happened. I don't, you know, maybe he did, but you know what, you know what that was good for the league, exactly. Uh, So, uh, and the league has uh, the league has done very well, as you've pointed out. Never proven. It's possible. I don't know. I mean, you know? Carm for the defense. I love it. Uh, very nice. Yes. Carm for the defense. So here's some of the top local stories. Agree, disagree. What are yours? 312-981-7200. Number 10, Eddie Johnson being fired uh, after more than 30 years of service. Yes, Lori Lightfoot. Uh, you remember that. Oh, boy. He, he was out. Maybe he had a drink. Maybe he didn't. Then he's, oh, boy. So there was a big investigation in October. The mayor said Johnson engaged in a series of, quote, ethical lapses, end quote, that were intolerable. So he was fired. That came in at number 10 of the top local stories of 2019. At number nine, the mass shooting at Henry Pratt plant in Aurora. We remember that in February. Uh, a guy who was fired and then uh, went back and uh, started shooting people. Five co-workers, he was killed. Six others were also injured. Five co-workers were killed. Number eight, R. Kelly, charged with criminal sexual abuse in February, was charged with 10 counts of aggravated criminal sex abuse. Still going on. I was listening to something today, and they were replaying the interview he did with Gail King when he lost his mind trying to defend himself. That's uh, not going to go away soon. Number seven, one of the saddest stories this year, the death of five-year-old A.J. Friend. Um... He was beaten to death by allegedly by his parents. They were accused of trying to cover up the murder. His father and mother uh, went on TV. They're begging him to come back. We know how that turned out. Number six, the teachers' union strike 11 days. Chicago Public Schools teachers went on strike. Uh, In the end, the city agreed to pay for smaller class sizes, more social workers and nurses, and approved a 16% pay increase over five years. Number five, the bill signed to legalize recreational marijuana, which we've been talking about all day today because whether you agree with it or not, the cat is out of the bag, and it is the biggest story in the state today, one of the biggest stories around here today as lines go. Now, most of the most of the dispensaries will be closing up pretty soon if they haven't closed already. Uh, so if you... Listen, we, we, talked to, uh, we talked to a manager of a dispensary. We've talked to Ryan Burrow. But if you were in line today, I would still like to talk to you. We can text or jump in because there's a couple other stories regarding this that I want to get to. But if you were in line, give me a call. You don't have to use your real name. I understand some people don't want to do that. You can tell Scott whatever name you want. He's going to believe you. Tell him you're Cheech, Chong. I don't know who who you are. But uh, 312-981-7200 if you want to jump in on that. You know know that's the big story. Helped uh, mold 2019. Number uh, Number four. 
the Humboldt Park Gator. Do you remember that? You remember the Gator, Carm? I love the Gator. Sure. I, I thought that that was a... Chance the snapper? I still think there was a little bit of a hoax going on with that whole situation. Do you but... think? No, oh, wow. Hold on. You're not you're not willing to come out against uh, the NBA cooking the draft, but you are calling BS on Chance the snapper? Well, who was our local guy who was do- doing everything that he could possibly do? And then uh, all of a sudden we had to... We, sure, Alligator Rob comes up. Yeah, Alligator Rob. Yeah. Alligator Rob, listen, he's from Florida. He had experience with Gators. Who around here has experience with Gators? Now, subsequent to Chance being caught, there were some other reports that there were other Gators. Those proved to be hoaxes. So are you claiming, Carr, that Alligator Rob brought a Gator up from Florida, hid it in his coat, and then... Grabbed it out of the lagoon? Is that what you're claiming? I, I don't know if I'm exactly claiming that. But who was the Chicago guy who was looking for him before Alligator Bob? I don't know. We had a, we had a dude in here who was hanging out around the park. He was doing everything remember he could. remember that. Yeah, sure. And all of a sudden no, he that got... that was Bob and then came Rob. Oh, Bob then Rob? Yeah, Bob There was then Alligator Rob. Bob then Alligator Rob. Okay. Well, alligator Rob made the, made the snap. I just like to hold that this city is capable of finding an alligator, even though we're not like Florida alligator savvy. You think so? Gators are... Uh, gators are Sneaky. Oh, yeah, okay. This is that was that dude's gig. He was he was Johnny Gator, and then all of a sudden, uh, was he? If he couldn't if he couldn't get the job done, you got to bring a you got to bring in a very slight alligator Rob, oh. and he takes care of business. Oh, all of a sudden, the, the dude shows up from Florida. The next thing you know, he's standing there with the alligator. I never bought into it. <laughs> Carm, I love it. Call it BS. The five foot thirty pound gator. Are you? Do you think it was a real gator, or do you think it was a plastic gator that, or self inflating gator that he just again pulled out of uh, his rucksack? I don't know what was behind the whole thing. Maybe they were just trying to help uh, radio ratings because everybody was dialed in for that one. Oh, I mean, we loved and TV. It. I mean, we were. That was a thing. Maybe that should be number one. But I, it, the whole thing just didn't add up to me. You know what it did? It unified this city. <laughs> for a couple of weeks, we were all one. We were all holding hands, uh, singing "Kumbaya" for a gator. We wanted this gator caught. I don't know what we wanted to do with it once we caught it deep fry it, make gator bits, make a belt out of it, but we wanted this gator caught, and it didn't matter if you were Republican, Democrat, pro-Trump, anti-Trump, everybody was fixated on the gator. So if you are correct, Carm, and it was a hoax, I say God bless that hoax. Hey, I'm all for this hoax. Fair enough. Nobody was hurt. Nobody. Well, we don't know. The gator, <laughs> gator allegedly uh, taken to a farm in Florida, just like when your dog would disappear and your parents told you they took it to a farm in Wisconsin right. so it could run around. Yeah, nah. yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, you know that gator got a you know bullet we, in its head. We should get a live video of that gator, see if he's still enjoying the new year. Well, they supposedly during the hurricanes they moved that gator to a safe spot. I don't, uh, you know, that's when I start going. All right, I don't buy any of this. They're just going to let the gators run free. But I, I for one, took joy in uh, Chance the Snapper being caught. So maybe I'm not as cynical as you, Carm. I thought I was. I thought I was much more cynical. This was just one corner of my cynical world, Brian, so you, you can still lay claim if you'd like. No, I don't need to. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm shocked by it, quite frankly. Uh, Alright, the, the the next, the last few top stories that uh, shaped 2019, your thoughts are always welcome. 
312-981-7200. And we'll get to so much more on the other side. It's WGN. Jill here from America's Bath. When people hear us on the radio talking about our beautiful cultured stone bath and shower systems, their first question is always, what is cultured stone? Well, it's high-quality crushed stone and marble that makes for an exceptionally strong, beautiful, and long-lasting wall surface for your bath or shower. That's also easy to clean and surprisingly affordable. Cultured stone looks as good or better than traditional tile, but costs thousands less. It comes in 60 different colors, so you have maximum flexibility. And because we're replacing your existing bath and not just covering it with a flimsy acrylic liner, our products are perfect for homeowners who are looking for beautiful, easy entry showers and tubs. Bottom line, you have to see and feel the cultured stone to really appreciate the difference. Call for a free in-home demo and estimate at 888-709-BATH. That's 888-709-BATH. Or online at americasbath.com. America's Bath, perfect solution for senior bathroom remodeling. Haul packages for a living? A gas-powered Mercedes-Benz Sprinter delivers. Transport people? A Sprinter van with 0% financing is a five-star idea. If food delivery is your thing, then a gas-powered Sprinter caters to you. And if you're a general contractor, the Sprinter with 0% financing nails it. With innovation, safety, and technology, the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter is built for you. And it's built to protect your bottom line with 0% financing. The Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, starting at just $33,790. Gas engine, 0% financing, and starting at $33,790. Now that's a Sprinter that delivers. Mercedes-Benz. Vans. Born to run. MSRP excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation charge, and dealer prep fee. Options, bond availability, and actual dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Only valid on 2018 or 2019 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter vans, excluding cap chassis. Qualified commercial customers only. Financing offer valid through January 2nd, 2020. For News at 10, watch WGN, Micah Mater, Joe Donlin, Dan Rohn, and Chicago's most trusted meteorologist, Tom Skilling. For TV News at 10, watch WGN, Chicago's very own... All right, we are counting down the top 10 news stories, local news stories that shaped 2019, according to WGN-TV viewers. Uh, a lot of controversy over number four, which was the Humboldt Park Gator. Carmen saying it was all a ruse. Uh, me choosing to believe that uh, a gator can be elusive. Uh, for two weeks, this gator, or at least a week, kind of eluded capture and then was captured by Alligator Rob, uh, who was brought in from Florida. I still, I choose to believe, Carm. Number three, the death of a 19-year-old Marlon Ochoa Lopez. You remember this horrible story, nine months pregnant. Uh, she was killed and her baby was cut out, and uh, the Figueroas are facing first-degree murder charges. Number two, Jussie Smollett claims he was attacked in Chicago. This is a story that will never end. Jussie, of course, claimed that uh, some Trumpers attacked him. They put a noose around his neck. They did all of this. Then it came out that maybe he hadn't really been attacked and he had filed a false police report. Former Mayor Emanuel and the Chicago Police Department went after him in November. He filed a counterclaim against the city alleging malicious prosecution. So this story is going to go on and on. And the number one local news story that shaped 2019, according to WGN-TV viewers, Lori Lightfoot wins a runoff election in a landslide, becoming Chicago's first African-American female mayor and the city's first openly LGBTQ mayor. So now Lori Lightfoot is the mayor and getting to deal with all of this and uh, seeing what's going on in the city. So there you go. Those are uh, those are the GN viewers. 
To, oh, to somebody from the 412 saying the top news story is Carm got married. Uh, that is the most... I, I'm going to, you know... That it, was big. That was Well, sure, it was a big uh, big story. I don't know how much it impacted the entire area, but it, it did impact a swath of the area. I will give it that. Absolutely no doubt about that. Congratulations again uh, to Mark Carmen. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> You're welcome. everybody. You're welcome. And to Alligator Rob. I, well, look, and I'm just... By the way, I'm, I'm really enjoying going back through the news stories from that time period. Are you, are you, you got the microfiche out? The alligator, a male, is five foot three inches, about thirty pounds. 30 pounds. At Frank Rob, the reptile expert. Yes. How? So you're just just for the for one second here, Brian. That gator was hanging out in someone's apartment here, and they decided that they didn't want to have the gator anymore, and they just dumped him into the lagoon? That's how it goes, Carm. A lot of people really? used to do that with turtles and other uh, other little pets. Sometimes you just you get it, and you don't know what to do with it, and then it's like, well, where I can't, you know, I'm not going to kill it. What am I going to do? Well, alligators like water, so I'll take it to the water, and they let it go. Yes, that, that part makes perfect sense to me. There's people, you what? know there's people with giant snakes in their houses that shouldn't be there. Somebody's got a mongoose in a pen out in their backyard. People have all kinds of weird animals around that they really don't need to have. Nobody needs to have a baby gator, but all of a sudden this baby gator is not so baby anymore, and you don't want to be, you know, Sonny Crockett living on a boat in Miami Vice with a giant alligator on board. We never found out who dumped the gator. That just that person never came to light. Somebody, no. somebody gonna, didn't have a cell phone. I don't know. You going to DNA test this gator? You going to check it for prints? Gonna dust it like you're on uh, CSI. Well, we got to get Ryan Burrow on the case, or somebody knows something about that oh. gator that hasn't been uncovered. Burrow can make a name for himself in 2020. At this point, nobody wants. What are you gonna pro- prosecute somebody for putting the gator out there? Yeah, you're gonna make them pay for no. the, all the searching and the police presence to keep people away from the lagoon. How about just an interview? How many the- people? How many people even knew we had a lagoon in town? <laughs> that that uh, raised awareness of lagoons. It raised awareness of a lot of things. That, people <laughs> were studying what's the difference between an alligator and a crocodile. We learned things, Carm. It's true. I wasn't giving much thought about the Humboldt Park Lagoon. Of course not. Right. How many times had you been to Humboldt Park before that? Let's not be many. Honest. Not many times. Not many times. I'm going to say never. I'm going to say a Mark mm. Carmen had never ventured into Humboldt Park to look at the lagoon. Not well, not to look at the lagoon. I've I've I've, I've eaten in Humboldt Park. I've driven through. It's driven a good, through. It's sure. A lovely part of the city. Come of on. Of course. No, I'm not. Listen. I'm just saying. I'm I'm betting you didn't spend a lot of time at the lagoon. True. All right? True. But now, people know there's a lagoon. It's a big tourist destination. Nike Town, number one. Humboldt Park Lagoon, number two. (laughs) A lot of things going on. The city very excited about it. They're going to put up a concession stand. And, uh, you know, now, now we got to let it go. We just, let's revel in it. Revolution made a beer about it. Uh, That sold out in a couple hours. So it was all good. That was a good news story. Again, I'm going to go back to that that was a happy story. Nobody could be upset except the Gator. That reminds me of they had that field goal kicking contest in 2019. Oh, Goose Island did. Goose Island they were going to give yeah, they were going to give away a year's supply of beer until they were told that you can't give away a year's supply of beer. Right. The whole Matt, the whole uh, Cody Parkey 43 yarder. That was that that could have been in the top. That's a now. See, that's if we go sports stories, that's got to be it. That's the biggest uh, Chicago sports story is Cody Parkey's double doink. Yes, but that. Yeah, that happened this that, year. That, that happened, happened in year. 2019 because it, it was the playoffs. So, all right. Yeah, that would definitely be one of them. Uh, let's see what else. The uh, hmm, who called? Oh, big uh, Blackhawks not doing well. That was another big story. There's literally no sports stories. No sports stories. I, I mean, the Bulls were bad. The Blackhawks were bad. The White Sox were bad. The Cubs missed the playoffs. 
The Bears yeah. were. I There's mean, no the, feel-good sports stories. That for that's for sure. The Bears going to the playoffs in the double doink. That's it. How about uh, the Cubs leaving all their media media outlets after all these years to go to their own sure. uh, own network? That's a big story. Joe Madden's post closing. Right. Yeah, that just happened. Never ate there. Feel I feel slightly lost. Do you think that's the reason, or do you think it's just uh, he went? I'm, I'm not here anymore. Why do I need to? <laughs> well, the chef, I need to keep uh, hanging around. His chef or his main investor moved to Italy, so that was a that was a big problem. I That'll do it. Joe wasn't going to do the cooking. No, <laughs> he's got another gig. He's got things to do. He's not going to hang around making risotto for uh, Yahoo's in Wrigleyville. Madden, yeah. Madden leaving is 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 in there for that's sports a big stories. One. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. That would be yeah, and if you don't, if you can't think of any, I'm surely not going to think of any. I gave you the ones I could think of. Yeah, nothing. Well, nothing. We're going to have a huge White Sox story it's in gonna, 2020. It's going to be gigantic. Damn it! They're bolstering the bullpen. Things are looking good. The rebuild is well underway. Revitalized, revamped, rebuild over. Now rubber's hitting the road on the south That's side. Right. This is the year, and thankfully, we are the flagship. Of the Chicago, your your Chicago White Sox. That's right. Maybe not yours anymore. You know, formerly Carm, but mine definitely. So it's uh, this is going to be very very exciting. Uh, the Bears keep Nagy. Somebody saying that was a big story. That wasn't a big story. Mm-hmm. Who who expected them to to let him go? No one after last year. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Tim Anderson winning the batting title. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's if we're looking for sports stories, that's in there. That's sure. got to be up there, right? It's thin, right? so yes, that's in there. Well, let's go, Jose Abreu winning the American League RBI title too. Sure, why not? <laughs> why not? We gotta have we gotta have some big local sports stories. It can't just be uh, ten, nine, and then eight through one is everybody sucks. You can't have that as your as your rundown for big sports stories of a year. Uh, people are saying the Gator escaped from the shed. That could be that's a theory, Carm. What do you what do you think of that theory? It, it escaped from the shed. Uh, the shed aquarium is a high security Why facility. Would... It's not going to escape from there and how's it going to get from the shed to Humboldt Park? Yeah. It's not hitchhiking. It's not stealing a car. Use your head, Texer. That's not uh, that can't that can't that can't work. I still just have a hard time. You have a gator in your apartment. You yes. walk out of your apartment. Nobody sees you. You carry the gator in a what? A, a backpack, a, a duffel bag, a, a backpack. You put anything, it, a giant uh, grocery uh, you, plastic you, bag. You put it in a suitcase. Sure. You rolled it down the street. Yes. You opened up the suitcase. Correct. You've oh, got that's crazy. You seem to have the plan down perfectly. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what. Where does the problem come in? You've got every step of this plan exactly right. What an odd way to go about your life. Well, it's dark at the lagoon. The lagoon at night. You can you can easily dump a gator without being seen. I don't think it's that me. easy. You can dump a body without being seen. A gator is only five feet, ninety pounds, thirty pounds. 30 pounds you could throw. How far can you throw something 30 pounds? Sure. Okay, fine. Three in the morning. No one's yes. hanging out of the lagoon. Okay. Right, exactly. All right. You sneak okay. into Humboldt Park. You wander down there with your bag of gator. Just dump it right into the lagoon. That's how you do it. Here you go, buddy. Go, go have a day. This place is sweet. Go go dive in that lagoon. Well, listen. If you're, if you're that dopey that you have a gator living in your house, you're not going to try to make the comparison between salt water and fresh water and lagoons versus uh, tributaries. You're not, you're not weighing any of that. You're yeah. just taking this animal and you're getting it out of your apartment because your roommate is like, I can't eat with this gator staring at me all day. I know it's going to get out and d- try to kill me in the middle of the night. 
So if, that's why you gotta you gotta get rid of the gator. If I was the gator, I would look at the dude or or woman or whoever and be like, uh-uh, buddy, you're taking me back to that comfortable apartment. That's where with, I'm chilling. Yeah, with the heat lamp and you were right. feeding me every day. Yeah, I don't want to be out here in the goon, this hanging around waiting for somebody to throw some trash down. This ain't Florida. No. What are we talking about here? Well, that's why he was hiding. That's exactly <laughs> why he hid for that week until Gator Rob could find him. All right, we got to do this. Then it's uh, is it new? Do we have a break before the news? Just nod, yes or no. Okay, so we don't have to take it right up to A lot of communication. It's every every time of day is different here, Carm. You know that. There's a lot of things going on. A we lot have, of things happening. We're evolving. We are evolving, and I enjoy it very much. Brian Noon at 720 WGN. Uh, Roe will be back on Monday. I will be with you the rest of the week. And uh, it is January 1st, and for a lot of people, it was the beginning of dry January. That's right. Have you heard of this phenomenon? Dry January, where you give up alcohol for a month. And, uh, you know, a lot of people do it for just a little time out. Some people do it for weight loss. Some people do it uh, maybe because they have to, and that might not be the best thing. 312-981-7200. Have you ever tried it? Are you willing to do it? And if you hear somebody is doing a dry January, do you immediately think that they have some sort of issue with alcohol? Now, I did dry January last year, and I've, I'm doing it again this year. I remember talking to you about it last right. year. Right, and I did it, and I was successful, which was was very good. And I will say, I lost 20 pounds last January. Wow. Because I wasn't drinking beer, and because I wasn't drinking beer, I was moving a little more and wasn't making bad food choices. So it all worked out. And that's kind of why I'm doing it again, to, uh, to jumpstart a recommitment to a healthier life. But I I fully intend to, after January, go back to having a few beers now and then, or having a cocktail or a glass of wine or something. But I don't know. Would you, could, did you, we were talking, I do remember us talking about this last year, Kim. Did you do it? You, you were thinking it. about yeah. it? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, no, they say that that's part of the, part of the reason that people don't want to do it is they're afraid that they'll slip up. And then, you know, if you go out to dinner one night and you have a glass of wine, all of a sudden people are like, well, forget it. I already had a glass of wine. I just so I really enjoy it. a glass of wine on a Friday I and Saturday understand. night. I'm really not a weekday drinker, but right. I just really enjoy it on the weekend. I understand. That's that's what makes it hard because and you try to explain that to people, they're like, Oh, what's the matter? You can't give it up. No, I could I could stop. I just choose not to right. because because I do enjoy it. And after a hard week and you're you you know, whether you're out to dinner, whether you're just sitting at home reading a book or sitting on the patio, you wanna have, you know, wanna have a little something something. It's also part of the Mediterranean diet, which is very healthy. Red wine on the weekends. Is, is that right? Yes. Right. Look at all the people that live forever into their hundreds who are, you know, drink. Oh, yeah. Drink a shot of whiskey or something every night. I mean. I have no. Listen, you're talking. You're not. You're, you're preaching, preaching to, to the, the choir. choir. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Listen, I love me. Uh, I love me a beer. I love a drink. I love a nice glass of wine. I had a little bit of everything last night. Just try. Just tried to get it all out of my system. I had some wine with dinner. Then I had a uh, nice holiday beer. And then I uh, ramped it up at 10 to 12 with an eggnog with some nice brandy Ooh, in there. Now, that is something if I never <laughs> drank for the rest of my life, I would not even care. I have three glasses a year. And they're one, one or two on Christmas Eve. And then maybe one at some point before New Year's Eve. So I, I reached my limit on eggnog quickly. And what do you spike it with? Brandy. Okay. Like two or three fingers of brandy. That's a that's a that's the regular pour, right? About a half a glass. 
depends on how big your fingers are. My fingers are beefy because I (laughs) eat a lot of salt before I pour a drink, so I get all swelled up. I retain a lot of fluid, and then I just pour out a cocktail. That's how I do it. You're shaking your head, Carm. No, no, no. I'm not shaking my head. Just for the record, I remember sitting here last year having this exact conversation with the two of you. and. And being very impressed, Brian, that you were going into the dry January, and I too, like him, did not make it. You didn't make it? No. Did you try? You tried though. For a couple days, well, I was in there. A couple days. Yeah. I went wow. a little longer than that. But what's your drink of choice, Carm? Yeah. What What brought you off the? Uh, what kicked you off? Uh, I right now I've got uh, some delicious Miller High Life available for me this evening. <laughs> this is the champagne of beers. Uh, I can understand so why you would want such an underrated domestic product. I've got some. Bo- <laughs> I've got the I got a little boulevard wheat uh and we you know I I got a little wine I got a little whiskey I, I work with this guy Ed Obradovich he always gives me something for the end of the year a little bottle sure why not at the big bear show Let's, again there's nothing wrong with it here's the point though for people like Carm and Kim myself we do, we choose to do it or not do it because we we do it there's people who really should drink, and they're saying this is not a good way for you to do it. If you if you think you have a problem with alcohol, dry January may not be the way to go, because you you need some more help, and going cold turkey isn't the way. But uh, for people who want a little history on this, you're like, what is dry January? It started in the UK in about 2013, and the first year, 4,000 people signed up and took part in it. The group's latest tracking shows that 100,000 people signed up on the website last year to do a dry January. Uh, millions actually participated. It makes uh, It's a ready-made response to anyone who tries to pressure us to drink, according to the group. You just say, no, I'm doing dry January. Experts, though, do say the challenge is not for heavy drinkers and can even backfire on more moderate drinkers. It'll be interesting to see if um, we have a new name in January for people who try to go smoke-free, oh, you yeah. know, from pot, what would we now call that it's it? legal. What would we call it? Uh, blunt-free? <laughs> uh, what do you, yeah, what do Weed you call free. it? Weed-free January? Yeah. If we make it for a, if people who, yeah, we'll put a year in, so it can't be... Yeah, dry we'll January. Have to reevaluate. Is no All right, we got to come up with. Uh, we'll try to brand it. Let's brand it and then sell T-shirts and stuff. Make That's a right. little dough. Reserve that it. website right yes. now. <laughs> Get on that, Scott. Get us uh, some domain names. Brainstorm some things while you're in there. Get us uh, equivalent of dry January for people who are who are going to lay off the uh, the weed for a little bit. I'm on it. You're on it. Good. Yeah. That's what we need. Dry January, not treatment. Uh, they say heavy drinkers should consult professionals before taking part in dry January. Think about why you might want to quit drinking for a month. Do you have an addiction? If so, then you uh, should get treatment rather than that. They suggest the acronym CAGE as a self-assessment tool for alcohol use disorder. The C is for cut-down attempts in the past. A stands for annoyed. Do you feel annoyed by others commenting on your drinking? Sure, because they usually tell me I can't have any more, and that aggravates me. G is for guilt felt after drinking, and E is eye-opener. Do you need a drink in the morning or notice other physical dependents? So if you answer yes to those, dry January, probably not for you, but something else. Oh, jointless January. There you go. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you, texter from the 773. We'll have to remember that next year. You win, jointless. Now, they said jointless in January. I got rid of the in. Just like in uh, the movie Social Network, they were going to call it The Facebook. And that guy said, no, drop the, the just Facebook. So not uh, not jointless in January, just jointless January. Do you both drink coffee? I do, like it's going out of style. I do. I mean, only decaf, though. Oh, really? But I drink a lot of tea. I'm just wondering, what would be harder to give up, caffeine or the booze? 
Oh, caffeine, caffeine for me, no question. Yeah, no doubt. Because I drink about a pot of coffee every morning. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's, it takes a lot to get this, this uh, machine rolling. It's, you know, it's all out of gas. It's like when you had to plug your car in in the winter. I need one of those battery chargers. I need a block warmer. I need everything to get me, get this engine revved. Do you do it in the afternoon, too? It re- depends. Re- re-rever? It depends if I need, uh, if I'm really tired and need to be somewhere. Normally, no, because after a pot in the morning, I'm pretty much coasting. And also, there comes a point where it doesn't do anything for me. Because uh, when I used to host the weekend overnights here, I would have That's co- rough. coffee during the day. Then I'd come in, though, and I'd have a giant cup of coffee from the gas station on my way to the station. Delicious. But the gas station coffee is the best. You can keep your designer coffee and your Yukonuba <laughs> beans or whatever it is. I don't care where it came from. I don't care what brought it down from the mountain or what animal's intestine it passed through. I don't care. Give me a good gas station coffee where they have the nice arrangement of little creamers and maybe a couple flavors to squirt in there. But you don't need them, but that's just a nice bonus. But I would do that. I would do a five-hour energy drink and then another couple cups of coffee at the station. I would get home. I would still be asleep in five minutes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's. uh, I could shut it all down (laughs) As, as long as much as it takes to get it rolling. I could shut it down quick. quick. My husband can drink a Diet Coke and lay down and go to sleep. I could never do that in a million years. My wife drinks Diet Dr. Pepper in her sleep. The caffeine does not affect her at all. And she drinks coffee. Wow. So, she, yeah, we're, a lot going on at the house. We're very, there's a lot of electricity rolling through. You know, How about you, Carm? I'm coffee? Get, uh, yes, and I'm getting my New Year's resolutions in order right now. What is that? I don't know. Let More tea. Less coffee, and I mean, I I don't have but tea. Uh, are you going to go with the decaf tea? Because tea has caffeine in it. Probably not. I, st- I think we need a little. Caffeine. I drink green tea. It's lighter caffeine, but it's still there's still caffeine in there. See, hmm. uh, Carm. Now I, I'm not going to worry about the tea and the caffeine. Carm, this a fake Citrus resolution. Jade mint, it's the best. So why would you switch? What what if it's I, not I, the caffeine? Then why switch from I coffee to tea? You want to feel more European? I feel like it's a little cleaner. Just a little, just a drop. Really. I, I do. Cleaner? Yes. In what sense? I don't know. Something about coffee. It's like putting lead into your system, even though <laughs> even though, e- even though everybody tells you that it's healthy. <laughs> the thing for me is I just can't stand that aftertaste. Once I haven't drank coffee for a while, and then you drink yeah. coffee, right. you just taste it. That's or why you got to keep you drinking drink it. You just drink it, and it's fine. Right. You just, it just feels like you're like swimming in the ocean yes. in iced tea. Wow. The only time I drink tea is if they happen to bring it to me at a Chinese restaurant. Well, that's a delicious moment in time right that there. Is, I like it. I'm fine with it, but I'm not going to make tea at home. You know, me and my grandma with a teapot. I do have a teapot on the stove. I don't know what I use it for, but it's there. A kettle. In case I want to make tea, but I don't. I want to make coffee. I, I want to mute the emotions, too, in the, in the month of January. Even though I, I probably have two <laughs> drinks a week here, Brian Noonan. You know, maybe... You saw, if you, wow, it's a, you, for those two drinks, they seem to carry a lot of gravitas, that they're going to silence the voices and the emotions. I think just a nice deep breath when what I... What horrible emotions are going on with you? So you're, many of You've got a the, new life, they're, they're, things are going well. They're all beautiful emotions, but... Really, you but know, you want to dampen them? Uh, you know, you just, like... You should just, revel in them, Carl. I want to relax. Every, you know, I'm going to have a drink, I'm going to relax. Like that, that's just... Not. Sure, oh no, I understand that. I... Again, I'm not coming out anti-booze. I'm just saying for the next 30 days, I, I need to jumpstart some other uh, some other things. But listen, I got Mardi Gras coming up in February. You think I'm not drinking at Mardi Gras? <laughs> you better uh, screw your hat on a little tighter because that's that's not happening. But if I can make it from now to Mardi Gras, then I'm a much cheaper date when I hit Louisiana. 
Having not drank for six, seven weeks, all of a sudden I get down there, one beer, I'm good. You don't have a wooden leg? I do, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling if I haven't, my tolerance will drop. You know? I'm going to New Orleans for the national championship game in about 10 days. Need some tips? I might need some tips, Brian. I'm the man. Could come and talk to me. I got that town wired. It's the place. It's my it's my happy place. Trust me. If I were if I could be there now, I'd be there now. Uh, from the 708, I did it last year for the first time. Talking about dry January, not uh, going to New Orleans with Carm and giving up coffee to drink tea with a monocle. 57 uh, year old social drinker, relatively fit, was successful. Lost eight pounds, slept better, and felt great. A nice reset to start the new year. Doing it again this year, I think it will be an annual tradition for me. Enlisted a few gal pals to join me. So there you go. That's I think what most people do it for, just to kind of restart. Because if you think about it, we've had so many parties and uh, all kinds of things over the holidays that you're you're eating and drinking, for a lot of us, eating and drinking things that you might not normally imbibe in. And so now this is just a little restart. All right, let's take a quick break, and then there's more. It's WGN. New year means new laws. A lot of laws going into effect in Illinois. We'll cover a couple of those. But this one, this one caught my eye. It's a new law in California. It's called the Wildlife Traffic Safety Act. It essentially says that you can pick up a dead animal that you've hit. So if you hit a deer or a raccoon or whatever, uh, you can get out and keep it and take it home to feed your family. Quote, tens of thousands of pounds of healthy, wild, big-game food source is currently being wasted because in many states, such as California, it's been illegal to grab and go the unfortunate, uh, grab and, and go the, unfeature, uh, uh, the unfortunate creatures, according to the bill. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know people do that in Wisconsin. In Illinois, you can do that if you, if you hit a deer and you want to take it home and eat it. Uh, as long as you've killed it, I guess that's fine. They say that if it's just hurt, you need to call the police. But you know, it's uh, I don't know. I almost hit a deer. The other you ever hit a deer, Carm, in your car or with your fist? You ever get uh, geezed up on one of your Miller High Lifes? That, take a swing at Bambi. <laughs> that has never happened in my incredible career over here, Brian. Thank, thank goodness, because it will it will could kill you. It'll mess up your car. We were driving the other night on Thatcher Road by the Forest Preserves, and the car in front of me swerved from the right lane into the left lane, and I, of course, swore at them, and then I looked quickly to the right, and standing on the shoulder, or standing on the curb right there outside the woods next to the road, was this giant buck, antlers the whole nine. And I was like, oh, man, he was a big one. And he was just standing there staring at the cars, and I kept thinking, he knows what's going on. All these deer know what's going on. So if they jump out in front of a car, it's on purpose. They're, they have got some sort of mental issue, right? They're not, it's not an accident that they run out. I mean, sure, deer frolic and they're jumping back and forth and they're running around. But you come near a road, you're hearing cars, you see headlights. You're saying the deer has had enough? I'm saying the deer has reached its breaking point. Yeah. You know, living in Thatcher Woods, it's very upset that it's not at the Humboldt Park Lagoon. There's no gators to run with. And maybe they just are like, you know what, I've had enough. But this deer, this buck, uh, just stood there contemplating his demise. And I don't know what happened to him after I I drove past him without, uh, I gave him a little wave, a little honk, and uh, we were gone. And I, I marveled at his majesty, and then I started questioning his choices. See, wouldn't it be amazing if we could just get an actual... Somebody's got to be able to figure out how we can hear exactly what they're thinking. I would love that. If I were Dr. Doolittle, that would, that would be a great show. If I would just talk to the animals, just imagine it. 
<laughs> Bring a deer in here. Start <laughs> Five o'clock hour, I'm talking to a buck about his suicidal tendencies. Join in. You got a question? 312-981-7200. That'll move the needle. <laughs> oh, it's sure. It's a, yeah, hot takes on animal suicide? It's going to be great. Just Yeah, what is, what is your dog really thinking? Right. Because my dog, one of my dogs, comes and sits in front of us, and I wish I were lying, but just sits in front of us, and we'll have a conversation. He'll ju- she'll just look at us, and I, I say to her, what's going on? Knowing full well she can't tell me anything about it. And her tail is wagging, so I think she's happy, but I, I don't know. Her, the tone of her voice lets me, lets me think that she's just complaining. Non-stop. That's why I talk to Steve Dale. I try to get him to, he can't give me an answer about it either. He's like, I don't know what your dog's saying. No, Steve Dale knows. He straight flat out knows. Steve Dale thinks he knows, and he knows a lot about animals, but he doesn't know what the animals actually say. Because let's be honest, if you knew what animals were actually saying, you could be a bazillionaire. Just think, all the all these people with way more money than common sense would bring their animals to you and say, please, I've had this guinea pig since 1987, and I know something is wrong, because it looks at me every day with these sad, sad eyes. And then the guy would think, well, all guinea pig eyes are sad, or hamster eyes. They All, all rodents look a little down in the dumps. If you could be given a magical power to know what people are thinking or animals, which one would you pick? People. <laughs> people because i gotta feel i gotta feel that i've been lied to quite a bit carm let's be honest and would you really want to know exactly what everyone was thinking no i'd rather know what my dog was thinking but because <laughs> if you knew what if you knew what everyone was thinking about you all the time oh my might, god that i'd be that deer it, it, it could get a little rough but it yeah. might be really nourishing oh my god i can't believe it that's so nice thank you so much well yeah you'd you'd like to think that that's the way it would go but well, i have a feeling on the uh, on the flip side there'd be a lot of it's bad enough having a text screen. Let's be honest. <laughs> we we already kind of know what people people are thinking. I, you know, if I had a text screen for the animals, because I know sometimes my dogs listen. If my wife happens to be listening at home, that would be the keys to the car, though. It would it would be really kind of an amazing thing. What to be able to know what everybody uh, everyone's else is thinking. I, want, I I can play. It's it's it'd be yeah. like uh, having the gambling book. You know who's going to win. No, wasn't that the, that was a Twilight Zone episode with Billy Mummy or Moomy? Never saw where it. he could uh, he knew what everybody was thinking, and so you never saw that Twilight Zone episode. I, yeah. You're very young. Uh, <laughs> Google it. You look it up on YouTube. It's okay. very it's terrifying. It's black and white. You probably wouldn't understand it. I only have not that not the themes are black and white. The actual picture is black and white. I watched Perry Mason. Did you really? I did watch Perry Mason. Good for you. A little black and white films, dark TV shows that I watch. That's about it. Yeah, just Perry Mason. No Rifleman. No, I I did uh, the Beverly Monst- Hillbillies. The Monsters, the Beverly Hillbillies. I, I Dick would Van wa- Dyke. I would watch the open of the Beverly Hillbillies. Great, great tune. Yeah, very good opening. That uh, their man- their house sold. Became the second highest priced house ever sold in the Aww. United States of America. I could tell you more, but we have to do this. And then it's news. <laughs> 20 was supposed to be, oh, in the future, there were a lot of predictions made about what the world would be like in 2020. Most of them were way off. So we'll cover some of those and see just how far off we really were. Also, uh, my daughter's on her way to the airport. I didn't get to say I said goodbye, but she is uh, traveling back to New York tonight. So travel safe, Molly. I uh, love you. Glad you were home. So that was a nice way to spend the holidays with her back. We'll do all of that, the predictions and everything else on the other side. But it's news time. It's 6.06, Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I was having a conversation with our engineering staff about some different things. Didn't even realize. 
what was going on. But that's all right. We're until 7. Ken Smith comes in at 7 o'clock. I'll be with you tomorrow and Friday afternoon as well. Looking forward to that. 2020, oh, man, think about think about what 2020 used to mean. Oh, it was gonna. It was so far in the future. It was there were things that were going to be happening that you could only imagine in a science fiction magazine. Predictions were made, and yet, how many of those predictions came through? Now we do have a lot of technological advances. Things have come very far. We're doing a lot of things, but people made a lot of predictions back in the day that have not come true. So, where did we think we'd be in 2020? A the pace of technological advancements has been rapid, but according to various experts, science, and futurologists, we were supposed to have landed on Pluto by now, robots should be doing our laundry by now, and we'd all be living to 150. So CNN went through, they talked uh, They talked to a lot of these experts, they went through history and archives and found the predictions. So the prospects of robots coming for our jobs has always been a concern. For every post-war generation. By 2020, we were meant to be virtually redundant in many areas. Yes, just think. There would have been a robot talk show host and a robot uh, producer. Robots doing everything. What prediction did you hope would come true by 2020 that we have not seen? 312-981-7200. That is the number. Futurists and technology experts say robots and artificial intelligence of various sorts will become an accepted part of daily life by the year 2020. That was written by Elon University in 2006. They will be an accepted part of daily life by the year 2020 and will almost completely take over physical work. Man, I wish. There's not enough, There's no robots. I am hearing... Carmen, uh, are you hearing Tejano music in your headphones? I am not hearing Tejado or, I, I, or any other music in my I headphones. I am hearing Tejado music, and there's nothing, there's nothing here that would indicate that I should be listening to Tejado music. Are you sure you're not hearing things? Well, that, that could be. Maybe it's the robots who have finally come for me. Maybe it's the uh, Tejano music robots. But no, it's a very strange thing. I, I apologize for that. That's... I'm distracted. I'm like, wait a minute, am I a Chi-Chi's? No, <laughs> I'm at WGN. I thought I was maybe going to get a, a burrito and a margarita, but no, it's dry January. I was going to say, no margarita No for margaritas you. for me, I know. British futurologist Ian Pearson said, Consciousness is just another sense, effectively, and that's what we're trying to design in a computer. That was in 2005, when they said the computers and the robots would have consciousness and come after us. Now, what's the closest thing we have to robots doing work for us? We've got a Roomba. Somebody shot one the other day. I did. I saw that story. You got a drone, I guess. A drone, but that's yeah. you still have to control that, don't you? Yeah. Right. Now oh, the robots should well, be able to do it all by the Roomba. You just turn it on and let it go, right? And just let it go. Yeah, you program it in, and then you never have to worry about it. Which was the problem with these people. They let their uh, they program their. It wasn't a Roomba. It was one of those robotic vacuums, though. And all of a sudden, in the three o'clock in the morning, they heard a banging downstairs. They thought there was an intruder, so they called the cops. The cops showed up. It's just a robot vacuum. Had become self-aware. Was trying to get out. Didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So they say these robots, uh, the prediction was that the robots should have uh, feelings and emotions, be smarter than us. I'm glad that prediction did not come true. This is one that I wasn't clamoring for. Flying cars and teleportation from the 847. Flying cars is a bad idea. I know everybody keeps talking about, oh, they told it, they promised us we'd have flying cars. People have a hard enough time driving cars on the ground. 
Imagine the horror show that it would be if people could fly in their car. It's just bad. You ever been on the Eisenhower at any time of the day or night? Or the Ryan? I drove the Ryan for the first time in a long time the other night coming back from my mom's house. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. Those people, those people on the Ryan were bad enough on the ground. I can't imagine them in the sky. What is this, the Jetsons? Yeah, I don't need I don't need a... I don't need to hop in my car off a conveyor belt and have a plastic dome come over my head and then just be off to my job at Spacely Sprockets. I don't know if they're hiring. Has anybody heard? I, love, I got I got my resume in. I love that you just referenced Spacely Sprockets. You like that? Sometimes it's scary how fast things come into my little dome, isn't that, it? That, that's impressive. People are going, oh, he had that written down. Carm, you can attest. No, I don't think you the did. The Jetsons reference not written down. Not written down at all. I mean, you're you're t- you're t- you're teeing up the Jetsons slash Back to the Future too, uh, which I don't think we need. No, no. But George did a great job. At George Space was Sprockets. fine. But did you notice George when he took off to go to work? His space rush hour, there were no other cars in the air. It's true. It's like George lived way out in the boonies of space. And he was coming in, but even as he got closer to the office, there wasn't a lot of cars. That's not going to work here. Because people don't know how to merge on the uh, on the surface streets. They're definitely not going to merge in the sky. You're going to get people trying to pass you on the top and the bottom, to the left, to the right. It's going to be all of a sudden I'm going to have to be uh, doing some top gun maneuvers where I go. Somebody's trying to come up on me and I slam on the brakes and let them fly right under me. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, Mike wants to jump in. Hey, Mike. Hey guys, uh, yeah, and George didn't have to pay a toll, did it? No tolls, no tolls. It was no tolls, and, and that was supposed to be gone in the nineteen eighties. That's because everything was going to be paid for, Mike. All the right. schools were going to be taken care of. We talked about this exactly. earlier. Exactly. Now, mean, listen. Now we, it's even higher. It's like five times higher. Sure, it is. That's why you get your iPass and you do the big open road tolling. Uh, so you right. just zip through, and it's not. It's almost like you're not even paying because you forget. They're just taking the money right out of your credit card every month. And you don't even realize it. Don't even realize that they got us. You put the little transponder on your windshield, and your money just goes right out the window. Nobody cares. Well, I mean, uh, is cannabis going to pay for the tolls now? I mean, uh, they got something there. Cannabis is going to pay for something. The tolls are going to pay for something. And the benefit to us is probably going to be next to nothing. Mike, happy, happy New, New Year. Year. Happy New Year. Thanks for oh, thanks for bringing us down. That was very sad. Uh, all right, so the robots didn't come to pass, uh, but they're still coming, according to MIT Technology Review. Uh, they've attempted to track all the reports on the effect of automation in the workforce, and so uh, don't worry, robots will still be coming, just not uh, this year. Robots will not take over completely, so that's good news. There are certain things robots are never going to be able to do. I would, I would like to think this is a job that robots would never be able to do. But seriously, the way automation has taken over this industry, I'm sure at some point somebody, and I don't want to give them ideas, but I'm going to, somebody's going to be able to program a robot with whatever hot takes are going to generate things and give opinions, and then the robot's AI will be able to take those hot takes and develop more thoughts on it. So that's coming. Settle down. No, listen, it's coming, Carm. I don't mean to sound I don't mean to sound uh, conspiratorial, but it's happening. Now, sports they'll always have real real people playing sport. Ad- athletes will always be human. Now, the people who comment on those sports, Carm, that's where I would start to, you know, panic well, a little bit. Well, we got robot umpires coming. Sure, that's coming. So what's next? After the robot ump- umpires, robots sportscasters. Mm. I hope not. Not in our lifetime. 
They'll never replace you, Connor. No, thank you, Brian. You're their human. You're the one human that will survive. My value is just... Our corporate overlords will not... The, the robot overlords will not... You'll be on their side. Please just do your best to underline that as often as you can. Thank I got you. a feeling that you will support the robot overlords. You'll be, you'll be one of those people, <laughs> while there will be some of us in the resistance... You will you will uh, sidle up to the robot overlords. I, I I take offense to that. I will fight the good fight. <laughs> will you? Yes, All absolutely. Right. I hope so. I hope, but if it came down to you know hot takes or uh, living a quiet life in the resistance, which would you do? I I know I want the I want the hot takes, Brian. I know you want the hot takes, but the robot overlords might have other thoughts. Well. All right. We're going to battle it out then. Let's, I hope so. I hope <laughs> I hope the whole world turns into a new Terminator movie. This is very exciting. I can't wait for Skynet. Humans are still around, uh, and we're still eating, which was another prediction. People predicted that uh, prominent futurist Ray Kurzweil has regularly predicted that food consumption would be on the way out by 2020. I'll explain what that's all about and so much more on the other side. It's WGN. Hey, Windy City, are you ready to win big? Well, Sitco is giving you the chance to live any sports fanatic's dream in the Go Chicago Game On sweepstakes. Here's how it works. You can score two tickets to a Bulls game, two tickets to a hockey game, plus a $500 Visa gift card to load up on concessions, not to mention a $250 Sitco gift card to help you get there, and a bunch of team swag so you can rep the home teams. Download the Club Sitco app and enter for your chance to win this prize pack today. See you in the stands. Terms and conditions. Hi, I'm Steve Malman, president of Malman Law. Your loved one in assisted living or in a nursing home depends upon you. So it's important that you recognize the signs of nursing home mistreatment, falls, fractures, and bed sores. And take action. Call 888-MALMAN-LAW and we'll fast track your case and fight for the compensation you deserve. And if we cannot collect for you, our services are free. Call 888-MALMAN-LAW. MalmanLaw.com. This holiday, join your local Chevy dealer at the Chevy Employee Discount for Everyone. Right now, get over $7,100 below MSRP on a 2020 Equinox Premier. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and welcome to the family. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to Babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. All right, we were talking about predictions for 2020 that did not come true. Uh, The robots have not taken over. That is good news. However, there was also predictions that we would not be eating anymore, that... uh, Human beings and food consumption, we would be on the way out. Billions of tiny nanodes, according, according to this prominent futurist, this was his prediction, billions of tiny nanobots in the digestive tract and bloodstream could intelligently extract the precise nutrients re- we require. 
This was in a 2004 book, Fantastic Voyage, Live Long Enough to Live Forever. So we know that tiny robots have not been put in our digestive tract. We are still more, we are still eating food, but there were a lot of predictions about vegetarianism and veganism that have come true. These were made in the 1910s, some of these predictions. A 1913 edition of the New York Times contained a long-range estimation of the president, uh, from the president, rather, of a now-defunct American Meatpackers Association. He had an article called Threatening Us with Vegetarianism. Yes, because vegetarianism, quite a threat. Somebody coming at you with a carrot, deadly. They, uh, he said, peering deeply into a dismal future. The paper noted his warnings that Americans would forego meat and start living on rice and vegetables in the 21st century. And we know that we have. A century later, vegetarianism and veganism are booming in popularity. So that one did come true, which is, it was, it was meant as a cautionary tale. And yet it became real. In 2000, uh, Kurzweil predicted that computers would be largely invisible and embedded everywhere. In walls, tables, chairs, desks, desks, clothing, jewelry, and bodies by 2020. He was only one of a handful of the futurists to predict that smart glasses or contact lenses would replace our phones. Remember when Google tried those smart glasses? That could have been one of the dumbest ideas. I'm, I'm, if you had them, good for you. You were trying to be cool. But uh, that was really a stupid idea. I'm going to have all my stuff on a visor like I'm Data from Star Trek The Next Generation. That didn't work out public did not uh, did not go for it uh, what other changes could be in store for our daily lives have experts been proven right uh two guys writing in wired magazine in 1997 predicted that electronic voting in elections from home would be a rea- reality by now but they uh, are not in 2000 somebody wrote in discover magazine that written signatures would be quote considered quaint by 2020 replaced by biometric ids So instead of signing for something, they'll just scan your neck. I'll be honest. When we get to that point in our society, I can check out. I'm done at that point. I'm not going to have any biometrics. There's already people who are having... Did you see the story last week? Guy had keys for his... uh, It was some sort of high-end car. It was a Mercedes or something. Had to put in his hand so he could just scan it and his car would open and start and everything else i was just on vacation where they gave us this bracelet and it you just put it up to the door and your door opened it was fantastic did you like it yes now that's fine as a bracelet would you have let them implant that in your wrist no but it was great because you know you're going to the beach you were going to the pool you didn't have to worry about your room key it was all just on a you know just all on this bracelet that's fine that that part is fine it's when they start putting it in your body that i'm i'm done I'm checking out. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why do you have to have that put in your body if you could just slip on this bracelet and wear it and just do the same thing? Or you do it with your phone. Maybe people think the bracelet is gaudy. I don't know. It was waterproof and everything. Exactly. If I'm in a beach community, if I'm going somewhere where I'm in a resort, I think that's great. I'm I'm all up for it. Because I think we're we're doing a a cruise at the end of the summer with my mom. Uh, and I think they give you one of the, I think we have to bracelet for, you know, getting on and off the boat and for charging things and stuff. I'm, I'm fine with that. Then you don't have to carry your wallet. You don't have to do a, oh, Jordy has the visor, not data. All right. I knew, I knew if I made a Star Trek reference that uh, the aficionados would come out and correct me if I was wrong. And it's, I've got no problem with being corrected if I'm wrong. So it was Jordy, not data. Oh, data was, all right. Yeah, data was the other guy. Listen, as you can tell, I'm not a Star, Star Trek or Star Wars guy.
I watched the first three Star Trek, Star Wars. Watched the original Star Trek. That was it. Then I'm out. I checked out. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, there was a prediction that in uh, Discover Magazine also that we wouldn't be able to board a plane or access our homes without lasers measuring our irises. The MIT Artificial Intelligence Lab estimated that people would turn to the black market for genetic manipulation, extending their lives and even growing features in their brains illegally. Now we're getting into some weird Ray Bradbury science fiction stuff that I don't, uh, I don't need to. We also there were also a lot of predictions that we would be on the moon, we'd be vacationing on the moon, we would be traveling to other planets. None of that came true. Now these are this is this is weird. In 1964, the Rand Corporation did a study, long-term, long-term forecasting. They gave uh, 82 experts of a variety of fields, and these were some of the predictions that came out in 1964. In 1964, they predicted that by 1980, we would have robots as household servants. We do not. They also predicted there would be, by 1980, a manned landing on Mars. There has not been. They predicted back in 1964 that by 1995, human lives would artificially be extended by 50 years. Is that something you would even want? Would you want your life extended by 50 years? Yes. Really? I would if I'm healthy and able to that's get the, around. I mean, that, it that's depends. That's the thing. If, because most people, you know, you figure the last, the last few years, not the best, and the longer you live, your body is deteriorating. So is it going to, would it be, would the technology be able to keep you at this, and what age do you keep your body's condition at? Is it, the, is it the condition my body is in when I'm 40 or 50? Or is it the condition my body is in when I'm 90, and now I'm going to have to live to 140? This vessel gets better by the day right here, buddy. You think so? Yeah. What are you, like a fine cab? Just, you might do a yoga, get All in right. a spin class, yeah? have some tea. I'm good. Sure, you got the tea working. Everything's good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at 130, is a car I'm going to be able to do that uh, forward-facing dog? I I, well, but maybe 130 is the new 40. <laughs> you know? All right. <laughs> um, uh, all right, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you that. I don't think it's going to work. When they figure out that thing that you were just talking about with the molecules, you don't even have to eat. And really, with the nanorobots and yes. your digestive system just taking the nutrients right out of your food and right. putting it in? 150, the new, the new 47. I'll tell you something. I'm going to stand by my, uh, my stance that I, that's a part, I'm done. I don't need to, I don't need to be around for that. They predicted in 1995 we'd had automated voting and uh they also predicted that by 1998 we would be directly recording information right to our brains. Just right in there like a USB port right in your skull. They also predicted a military force would be on the moon by 1999. These are all predictions that the people made in 1964. They predicted by 2000 we'd have two-way communication with extraterrestrials. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened. Long duration coma would be would so you could have a form of time travel. They would put you in a long term coma so you could go back in time or forward in time. That sounds like it'd be fun. I would love to do that. Go back in time. Absolutely. Where would you want to go? Chicago Stadium, nineteen eighty seven. Really? Bulls Suns. <laughs> you don't want to go that far back. Wow. I was thinking maybe you'd want to go back to you know, see Babe Ruth's last home run. That would be cool. I don't know, even I'd, farther back, see I'd, the pyramids being made. I'd, I'd see him call a shot. That'd be cool. I, You know, can I go to a Bob Marley concert? That'd be awesome. All right. 
Ollie so you don't Frazier. need to go. You don't really need to go into long term comas. You're more short, you're more short term. I mean, you I, just need like a coma nap. I, don't I just know. watched the back. Downton Abbey movie. I'm ready to go back there. You want to go back to Downton Abbey times? Oh, yeah. They had, they didn't have indoor plumbing. They didn't. Have, people didn't shower. They stunk. Yeah, I don't need to like go back to when Columbus was making a move. Yeah, I don't need all that. I need to go back when. Uh, Dinosaurs roam the planet. That's not for me. But they did. This is the one. I wish this had come true. In 1964, they predicted that by 2020, we would be bringing apes and other animals to do menial work. I would love to have an ape butler. That would be... That, that to me go, would be hilarious. A doubt navy. A doubt navy <laughs> <laughs> with an ape. I just... there's The doorbell rings. Chip, chip, go answer the door. That big silverback go over, open the door for you, bring you a cocktail, make your bed. <laughs> chip, chip, I'm very sleepy. Carry me off to the sleeping chamber. <laughs> Lifts you up, carries you right up there. How great would that be? Teach a goat to re- reuse my lawnmower, cut my grass. I think we just learned something about Brian Noonan. You really just want to be Han Solo and have Chewbacca. I would and, love and to the- have. I would love to have Chewbacca as long as we don't have to have things implanted in us. I'm I'm down for that kind of futuristic uh, stuff. But that was a long time ago, Mark, in a galaxy far, far away. It's true. So we'd have to go into one of those uh, crazy little comas and go back in time. The ring doorbell. Oh, that was that was a prediction that has come through. Fear sells, they said. That's how the planet... Oh, that's... <laughs> Wait a minute. Somebody just pointed out that that's how the planet of the apes started. That we made apes our servants, and then they rose up against us. Oh, boy. See, every time I think I'm going to get a little joy in my life by getting an ape butler, then it turns bad. Well, you'd feel guilty. I mean, that's not what... Uh, I would tr- I would treat my ape butler with the utmost respect. I'm sure. I would give them paid holidays. <laughs> I would... They would be... You know, it'd be like any employee. I'm an easy guy to... You know, I'm an easy guy to work for. Ask anybody. Ask, well, ask my ape butler now. <laughs> He's actually not an ape, but I make him dress like an ape. How weird would that be if I really had a butler and made him dress like an ape? But no, that's I would I I don't think I'd feel guilty. Because to be honest, listen, Carm, if you're if you're a man of enough means to have an ape butler, you then are beyond caring really what other people think of you. And you're looking at it as a purely business transaction. Look at some of the businessmen that you, that you've run across and they they don't have a lot of empathy for other people. You do your job, you treat people fairly, and that's enough. What about your own downtime? Wouldn't you just want a little peace and quiet? No. Well, what is it, what's he going to do? Be flinging stuff at me the whole time he's there? I want to chat. No. Eight butlers know their place. They know they got to keep it quiet. They head up to their chambers at the end of the night until I summon them with my bell to get my dressing gown and take me up to bed. That's how eight butlers are. You don't know anything about eight butlers. We've entered a very weird land here. <laughs> Oh, what are you, we're going to enter an even weirder one where uh, someone is really almost trying to get an eight butler for a college-age student. We'll talk about that on the other side of the news, which comes your way after this on WGN. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN, here until 7 o'clock. Then Ken Smith comes in. Uh, a couple of things that we got to get to. And I, I, I'm sorry I said, ah, again. My wife yelled at me yesterday. She's like, I heard you on the radio. You were saying, ah, again. You got to stop that. That's when you know your wife uh, cares, Carm, when she's not afraid to lambast you. She'll give you. She'll give you the straight dope. That's love. That is love. I guess. Sure, it's love. She's looking out for her own security, Brian Noonan. She wants you to be well, great. If that were true, she would have dumped me a long time ago, Carm. Let's be honest. Nah, but, she's, uh, she's, she believes in you, Brian. She, 
<laughs> it's that old uh, Kenny Rogers song. She believes in me. It's a horrible song. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll get Scott to find it. We'll play it. It's very sad. And then the guitar just leans in the corner because he's just a goofball. All right. Let me. I was. I had something else planned, but then I just saw this story and it infuriated me. I had a very nice story about a server in Michigan who got a two thousand and twenty dollar tip on her on her bill. A restaurant bill was $23. This small-town restaurant in Michigan, uh, she got a tip of 2000 as I said, $20. Said, things, don't, things like this don't happen to people like me, Danielle Franzoni told the Alpena News. Alpena, Michigan is a tiny town. I don't know if you've ever been there. She's 31. She got the tip while working Sunday at Thunder Bay River Restaurant in Alpena. Credit card receipt said, Happy New Year 2020 Tip Challenge. She went out. She's a single mom. She couldn't believe the number, but her manager assured her that the tip was legitimate. She, but she was living in a homeless shelter a year ago. Now she's going to use the money to reinstate her driver's license and build savings. She went out later that night to eat. She left a $20.20 tip. She said, you know, I had to pay it forward, but I couldn't do the other one. So she did that. And that's a beautiful story, isn't it? Imagine you're a single mom, you're working at a restaurant, you get this big tip, and it's left by some anonymous person. That's the way you do charitable acts, right? Anonymously. That's what, yes. Sure. And, and giving it's giving something directly to someone and, you know, shaking a hand, that's okay too. No, 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 that's fine. If he had, no, I'm saying we don't know who that person is. Okay. If that person had given it to her personally, that would have been fine too. You know, that, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the person who left that tip didn't try to get attention for it. I got you. That's what I'm talking about. It wasn't like, hey, look at me. I left a $22,000 tip. Well, that's not the case in St. Charles at the IHOP. Oh, boy. I find this story completely hard to believe on so many levels, but it might be true. Uh, this is from the Daily Herald, a reliable media outlet. Uh, Jenny McCarthy and her husband, Donnie Wahlberg, were at the IHOP in St. Charles today. They had a $73 bill, tab, and Donnie left a $2,020 tip on top of that. Very generous. I'm not saying the Blue Blood star is not a generous man. I'm saying then Jenny McCarthy took a picture of it and tweeted it to everybody to say, Oh, aren't we great? So does your charity is your that, charity that, that's where the nice thing went Char- away. Right. Exact that's exactly what I'm saying. He did a very nice thing. But you don't talk about it right. when you do it. That's the whole that's, that's the whole point of yes, it. Yes. That's the thing. Somebody wants to tip me two thousand dollars and talk about it, I'm good. Go ahead, talk away. But well, sure, I get I get your point. The the server is happy, and I'm I'm very happy for the person who got the tip. I'm sure, listen, if you're working at the IHOP in St. Charles, or if you're sitting here on a Wednesday afternoon, you can use two grand. No doubt about it. But how, it just cheapens it. It cheapens the moment, and it makes it seem like, hey, look, I'm a big celebrity with a lot of dough. 2000 bucks to Donnie Wahlberg, probably, you know, it's a very generous offer, but it's not, it's not killing him to do that. He didn't have to do it. It was lovely that he did it. I don't want to denigrate that. But then Jenny McCarthy goes, oh, look at how great we are. Isn't he the nicest? She tweeted out, uh, she tweeted out, at Donnie Wahlberg, starting 2020 off like the amazing man he is. Hashtag IHOP. <laughs> what are they doing e- eating at the IHOP? 
Well, nothing wrong with an IHOP. There is an argument that could be made that perhaps they're inspiring others to do the same. Do Brian. you think? Is that the argument you're going to make, Carm? I'll be looking for something here. I, I don't find it. I again, I'm not saying that what he did was wrong or not very, very generous because it was very, very generous. But I think you get enough attention being Jenny McCarthy and Donnie Wahlberg. I'm sure the people at IHOP were already swooning that they were there. Oh, look at him eating his Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity. How exciting is this? I'm spending New Year's Day eating a, uh, I know Moon's Over My Hammy is from Denny's, but that's the only crazy thing I can think of after Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity. Just got so hungry. Love a good Rudy Tootie Do fresh you? and fruity. I have, I'll be honest, I've never had a Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity. Give me the Grand Slam breakfast right now, Brian Noonan. Where's that? That's, uh, that's where's Denny's. the Grand Slam? Denny's. That's Denny's. Denny's also. I haven't been to a Denny's either. I used to love the Moon's Over My Hammy. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful sandwich. It's all delicious. <laughs> it was a delicious sandwich. So anyway, that was it. I just I just saw that that and I was like, you get enough attention. Just stop. Stop being so thirsty. Is that what the kids say, Scott? The kids say that you're being thirsty when you need all that attention? Uh something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. All right. There's a carm, you know I'm always trying to keep my thumb on the pulse of what the kids say. You you're right there, Brian. People they you know they get the hunger to be seen, man. They want to they want they want you to know that they're that they want they want to be affirmed, Brian Noonan. I was a good <laughs> I was a good person. I gave some dough. But don't it's not, shouldn't it's, it shouldn't it just feel good to you? Yes, and yes, and, isn't and it? people want they want a little recognition. It doesn't make him a bad guy. <sighs> it doesn't make him a bad guy. I'm going to say it makes her a bad person. <laughs> no, it just makes her a person that you, 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 it's sad. She wanted to jump on the bandwagon and say, look, right. I'm with a great guy. Terrific. She wanted a little, little draft. You know what? Tell your friends when you're sitting around drinking wine. Tell your mom. Send your mom a nice text. Mm. What are you, a Kardashian? What, if you give somebody, if you give a homeless guy a buck, what are you going to send your son down a press release? Your PR people come, you call him up, hey, guess what I did today? I gave a guy on the off-ramp a sandwich. Well, half a sandwich. I ate the other half. But I feel good about myself. I help feed the homeless. That's how they're going to spin it. So there's a big press release. I'm getting calls. I'm getting guest pitches. Hey, you want to have Mark Carbon on there? He feeds the homeless. Then I found out you had half a BLT that you threw out your Prius window on the way home. I don't, that's, it doesn't make you a better guy. Now, sure, the person who got your BLT is the benefit of generosity. But... I don't need you. Do you really need that kind of attention? Not from me. You know it's going to be negative attention. But from everybody else? Carmen throwing half a sandwich out of a Prius. That, you you got me right there. Happy New Year. That did it. That's the visual. I don't even know if Carm drives a Prius, but I'm guessing he would drive it at high rates of speed so fast that he didn't have time to actually hand somebody half a sandwich. He'd just flick it to them, and then he'll, enjoy it, pal. Zoom. I drive a, a Honda Accord, which is the same thing as a Prius, <laughs> okay. so this, this story does make sense. Holds up? There's, yes. a, there's enough factual basis for this story to be believed? I like to I like to personally give out a granola bar. You know, you, that, you keep that in your car. You can always they they don't they don't spoil. That's true. It's a nice snack to have yes, available. If, if, if Some non perishable. If Carmen gives you a granola bar, check the expiration date before you bite in. No, listen. If if I'm standing on the corner. And all of a sudden, a Honda Accord pulls up and a dude hands me a granola bar. I may just eat it, just to roll the dice, see what happens. I don't know who this guy is. I like that he's, uh, I like that he's in there. Uh, giving to others should be done quietly, respectfully, and without fanfare from the 269. I believe that as well. Carm wants the fanfare. I, he I, wants a ticker tape parade I'm just, for Donnie Walton. All I'm saying is if you're giving back, 
you want some attention along with it, okay. All right. That's fine, buddy. Is it? Thank you for giving back. Way to way to way to way to not make it all about you. Even but though he you're did sort make it all about him. Well, he did and he didn't. She did. She made it all about him. It's a it's a fifty fifty. There's a there's a good solid fifty percent of good there. His and his the other initial ba- act was lovely. Initial act beautiful and made somebody's day. Maybe made their month. You know, maybe this paid the rent for somebody for the month, and now they can you know they can ease up a little bit and they're very happy. But I don't. No if way. you do, if you donate online to a cause, right? And, and do you always click anonymous? Yes. Mm. Unless it's uh, all right. My buddy does a thing for St. Baldrick's every year, and so I contribute to that, and I sign the page. I just go, "Hey, congratulations" or whatever, you know. Well, but, so there you but go. But that's that's so he knows that I'm supporting. Him. Well, why? Right, but so but you, I don't call St. Baldrick's and go, "Hey, bad, just gave you fifty. What up?" I don't go, you know, rub the kid's bald head and go, yeah, nice stubble. That earned you a, that earned you a, C, a C note. Fantastic. Good for you. I don't do that. What about the person that donates a zillion dollars to a, to a hospital and they have their own wing? Does that bother you? <laughs> or to have your name? Like, yes. Well, in a, in a way it does. It's the same kind of thing. Look how generous I am. The Look mark. how I have benefited society. Now, granted, that's a lot more than two thousand and twenty dollars. You know, you drop it. But a lot of times, a lot of times, it's not the person who's making the donation. the The people at the hospitals or the institutions will go. Listen, we really need this, so we're going to try to sweeten the deal, and we're going to go to Mark Carmen and go. Listen, Carm, where'd you go to school? Illinois State. Where'd you go to school? I went to the University of Iowa. University of Iowa. So they come to you. University of Iowa athletic department comes and says, "Listen." Carm, we know you're a huge media celebrity in Chicago. We know you got long money. We need a new practice facility for the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. If you can donate $15 million, we're going to put your name on there. Now, we need the $15 million. Sure, you could say, here's the $15 million. Don't put my name on it. But anonymous donor. Anonymous donor. You could do that, sure. Or you could have the Carm Athletic Center with pictures all of me everywhere. A bust, a nice uh, right. pewter bust. That would be good. I don't know why it's pewter. So you're saying if Brian Noonan donated $15 million to, where'd you go to school? Southern Illinois University. To, to SIU. Yes. You gave that $15 mil. You're, you're, you wouldn't want Noonan, Noonan Athletics. You would just want uh, Anonymous Athletics. I'd come up with some other name. I'd make him name it something else. You know? <laughs> like the Buckaroo Bonsai Basketball Pavilion. With Brian Noonan. No, no, no. Sponsored by <laughs> no, Brian with Noonan. With Brian Noonan, like I'm his sidekick? No, we're not to, yeah, I either get first billing or I don't need any billing. That's how it goes. Listen, Scott is having a conniption. Uh, oh. He's about to lose his mind. You know, he, his first show was with you last night. So to work with you, a consummate professional, and then me, a man who has total disregard for the clock and anything coming at me from the other side of the glass, he's losing his mind. Way to hold integrity, Scott. So let's do, yes, he's, he's holding the line. So let's do this, and then there's more. It's WGN. Oh, here we go. While she lay sleeping. Well, Kenny Rogers for you, Carm. Well, she believes in me. I stay out late at night. It's beautiful. On some washed up bar guitarist. Coming home, staring at his sleeping wife. Who's only pretending to be asleep because she can't stand to face him anymore? I always wonder if that's happening. That's, of course it is. 
She's like, I can't believe this. She hears him coming in. He's like, oh, no. Now I got to hear about the gig again. And, uh, this is the year he's going to get his record contract and blah, blah, blah. Shut up. You smell like beer, cigarettes, and desperation. Just leave me be. Getting a lot of texts about this uh, donation stuff. Somebody pointing out that Donnie didn't. Yes, we know Donnie didn't take the picture, but he had to okay it. Plus, he's also been tagged in it, so he could have told her to delete it. Uh, St. Jude Children's Hospital does great work, true. It doesn't bother me in the least that Danny Thomas's name is on the side of the building uh, in letters the size of a school bus. The guy did a great thing, and whether it was his idea to do it or the idea makes no difference to me. I've got no problem knowing or the whole world knowing who set the place up. Yeah, I don't... Listen, if somebody wants to do it, that's fine. That's a, that's a different kind of thing. Danny Thomas worked his whole life to try to make things better for uh, kids with cancer and set up the St. Jude and all of that. He was instrumental in... You could you could almost say he was the founder. If you're the founder, you can put your name on something. So that's fine. Let's see. Uh, Prince gave millions away under an anonymous name all the time. See? You better than Prince, Carm? You need your name on everything? Prince is a great man. Yep, anonymous. W- wish he was still with us. What about the people that drop a Krugerrand gold coin into the kettle? Shouldn't they just drop Should they just drop 2500 of cash into it? No, because they dropped the Krugerrand. The, the, the Salvation Army can still take that and get the money. They don't need to, you know, you don't know who dropped the Krugerrand. We don't know who does that every year, the gold coins. It's just some person doing it. Uh, from Tim in Urbana, doing something nice for someone and not telling anyone else about it is called being humble. See? there's a Brian, there's a verse in the Bible that says, don't let the left hand see what the right hand is doing. And somebody also uh, calling BS that you wouldn't have finished a sandwich. <laughs> that, you have, that you would have half a sandwich to, to throw away. Now, I don't, know, uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but <laughs> that would be fine. Since Listen, I seem to be revved up about a lot of things today. I don't know why. I mean, you're 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 a little judgy, McJudgy here, but I appreciate. I'm not, it. No, listen, I'm I try not to be, but some things just upset me, and and that's just it. There's a lot of things that make me very happy. Maybe tomorrow on the show we'll do some of those. <laughs> Are you here tomorrow, Carm? I I am not. You'll have KP in this seat. Oh boy, well he'll he'll benefit from my benevolent feelings while you caught my holiday angst. Well, I'll take pride in the fact that I was here when you let it all out, Brian. Well, th- thank you. You know you inspire me to have hot takes, Carm. Anytime I'm around you, I want to have a hot take. Uh, hey, thank you. Whether it's, <laughs> I don't believe you, but thank you. They are genuine. Hot like, take. Is that the male period or something? No, that's what's... Uh, spo- yeah, that's uh, <laughs> uncomfortable. That's why I kind of just glossed right over that one. We are. I'm not getting me too I'm not getting called into HR. We have a new, uh, new bosses here, and I'm not... <sighs> I don't know what they're going to put up with. You know what I wouldn't put up with? Uh, getting out of plane or sitting next to a guy who has a coyote. Uh, there's a guy in Iowa, speaking of Iowa, come where you went to school, man who has an emotional support coyote. And he's very upset because uh, they took him away. Officials took away his emotional support coyote. I think they should have taken him away. That's probably next. Yeah. Because uh, once you need a, an emotional... I Support dogs, no problem. Get it. Sure. Completely. When you get to... After dogs and cats, though, we got to stop. Because you don't need an emotional support toucan. You don't need an emotional support ferret on the plane with you. I've be- been- Or a flamingo. Well, hold on. I'm going to rethink my status here now that you brought up flamingo. No, flamingos are not friendly birds. I love to look at flamingos. I like to adorn my, my home and underpants with flamingos. But other than that, I wouldn't want to fly with one. But this guy, Matt Stokes 
has hired an attorney to get the coyote that he named Drifter back from the sanctuary where officials placed him. Says Drifter's mother and her other pups uh, abandoned him by an old shed on his property in Waterloo, Iowa. So he put out food, water, kept checking on him for another week, two weeks, and he was out there all by himself. So he has a doctor's note certifying the coyote is an emotional support animal that helps with depression and anxiety. I understand that, first of all, I know that those are two legit medical problems. I understand that. I know people need help. I don't think a coyote is what's going to help you. Because this is not a domesticated animal. This is an animal that will turn on you and eat you at some at some point. Plus, it's going to be getting dynamite and trying to blow up other animals in your yard. It's very sneaky, these coyotes. If it wasn't for him, I probably would be missing my toe or my foot or my leg because I got an infection of the bone. I had to make sure I took care of myself so I could take care of him. Hmm. Well, in October, neighbors reported a coyote wandering through the neighborhood. Called animal control. The ca- if, you're, if your coyote is an emotional support animal, you need to keep it in the house or on a leash. You can't have your emotional support coyote just wandering the neighborhood. So he had allegedly told neighbors the coyote was a German shepherd. <laughs> That's creative. I'll give him that. I'll concur, Carm. That is very creative. That's not only creative, that's insane. Well, if your neighbors They are, don't look alike. No, not they even don't. close. But if you've got really dumb neighbors, that might work. Oh, you know, Bob, he's he's three bricks short of a full load. That guy's that guy's got one light bulb out in the marquee. He's going to believe that this coyote is a German shepherd. So he told his neighbors it's a German shepherd. Well, Animal Control uh, decided to come. They didn't believe that that was a German Shepherd. They're, he's now at the Wind Thunder Wildlife and Animal Rehabilitation Sanctuary in Independence, Iowa. Well, that makes more sense. I think the coyote actually does look like a German Shepherd. I'm looking at pictures. I would be fooled. Do you? Re- you well, would? I, I, well, yes, because I wouldn't think anyone's insane enough to have a coyote. I'm like, oh, I mean, maybe I maybe that 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 tail though is a little. That's, yeah, that's and a if you live, giveaway. if you live next to this guy. If you live next to Matt Stokes, I'm sure this is not the first red flag that your neighbor may be a little off the beam. Yes, that would be a fair take. So, all right, Matt's a little odd. That German Shepherd looks, uh, one, malnourished, two, a little long in the snout, and three, I'm not comfortable with the tail situation. Right there, you've got a lot of red flags going. Uh, He's never been wild. He's always been tame, said Stokes. He would lay on the couch on Saturday afternoons and we'd take a nap together. That's amazing. That is terrifying. It's completely terrifying. Matt Stokes. Matt Stokes of Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, you know, I don't think you're going to get the coyote back, but try another exotic animal. I hear there, you know, according to Karn, there might be a gator. If there's any kind of lagoon in Waterloo, Iowa, go get yourself a gator and then start a whole new thing, and then Karn can call BS on that later. All right, let's do this. So when we come back, we'll wrap it up and get out of here. 720 WGN. Oh, all right. I guess we started to play it, but but we're not. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the program. Carm, always a pleasure. Congratulations again on the marriage. Uh, Happy New Year. Good to see you, as always. David Jennings will have your news throughout the night. Ken Smith coming up on the other side. I will talk to you tomorrow afternoon at 3.